business. I got my wild cherry dyed Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling. That something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Come out to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, then this calls for the old Billy Barule. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Hey, what's going on, everybody? You've tuned into the one and only hot tag. It's yours truly, Shaheen. And Boxman. And we are the Persian and the Jew. You can check us out every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Mixler.com slash THT Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and show us some love by leaving a review. Really, really helps spread the name of the show. And for as little as $5 a month, you can listen to us on Patreon.com slash THT Network. That's right. Every week, we release a brand new exclusive episode for our Patreons only, including THT Extras, Persian and the Jews, and live commentary over pay-per-views. And for you movie fans out there, listen to Anthony and me on THT Movie Review every other Saturday right here on Mixler and anywhere you find good podcasts. And don't forget to visit NuclearHeatGraphics.com where you can find my original art prints which focus on all the nostalgic things that we love growing up, including movies, wrestling, and Saturday morning cartoons. Nuclear Heat Graphics. Beautifully handcrafted designs of nostalgic horror. We have such sights to show you. Wrestling. You, Hulk Hogan, must self-destruct. Retro cartoons and entertainment. A fellow chucker, eh? Portraits, customized posters, fan posters, and so much more. Nuclear Heat Graphics. Dot com. Art makes us human.
Wow. Holy generic 90s guitar riff. Uh, the bending guitar riff. Wow. <laughs> Very 90s, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Anthony, what is going on, man? Scuro, bro. Not much, man. Obviously, you guys got me and Anthony here. I am Boxman. Hello. How are you? Uh, this is THD Movie Review. We are going to talk a little bit of Luke Perry, uh, obviously, for, you know, not the best reasons, but we're going to talk about Luke Perry, and we're also going to talk about the movie Eight Seconds. So, should be a uh, should be a damn good time. And as you heard in the beginning, don't forget to check out Shaheen at Nuclear Heat Graphics, goddammit, NuclearHeatGraphics.com. Check him out right now. You can look while you're listening. It's cool. Go ahead. We don't mind. We don't mind. Possible graphics. Vader. Except the Jeff Jarrett one. Nothing against Shaheen, but fuck Jeff Jarrett. That's right. And if you don't see it, <laughs> he'll make it. <laughs> he'll fucking make it. So, all right. Well, man, I guess uh, I guess we need to start with, obviously, Luke Perry. I believe it was last Monday. Yeah, this past Monday. And it, it, it was just like a sad series of events. Because if I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> excuse my voice, folks, dealing with a little bit of a cold. Uh <laughs> I want to say about the Wednesday or Thursday before is when he suffered a stroke. And then by Monday, which was this past week, he passed away, 52. And whether you are a fan, not a fan, 52 is too young for anybody to go. Oh, dude, talk about, you know, and you posted a couple articles. One of them I, I, I do want to get into because I, I fit into that generation um, of, of you know, the gen- I, I am the Generation X. So yeah, <laughs> I do. I do fit into that generation, and yeah, man, it's uh, it definitely brought about the Gen X mortality and us thinking, "Holy shit!" You know, that's oh shit, that's us. You know, that's that's us. Like, you know, it could be any of us. You know, and he was in all the you know shows we watched, and I mean, I wasn't a nine hundred two one zero fan, but my mother and sister were. So if I was home on a Friday night, I believe it was a Friday night or Thursday, maybe. It was I forget. Anyway, if it was on, I ended up having a lot. But uh, I don't know. Were you a 90210 fan at all, Anthony? I honestly never watched an episode. Uh, like <laughs> I said, I, I was hot and cold on Luke Perry, so I can't sit here and pretend I was like the biggest fan of the guy. Although, he was in one of my favorite movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. You might disagree, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Never seen that. Ever... You've never seen it? No, I was never a Buffy's fan at all. I'm sorry. You, we have to do that one day. It's right. Christy Swanson and her peak hotness. You'll enjoy this movie, sir. I promise you. And for no other reason, a peak Christy Swanson. All right. I could probably watch her kill some vampires. Could be good. Now, I mean, Luke Perry, most people know him from, obviously, 90210. It's probably his biggest role. Um, the guy's actually got 95 credits under his belt. He's been doing act. He's been acting since 1982, man. Um, you know, a couple of small TV series. Then he was in a, a a soap opera called Another World. He did 10 episodes of that. Uh, went a few years, did some small stuff, little TV, 91, 92, 90. And then he landed this movie, Eight Seconds. He This was before he even blew up on 90210, this movie here. So, you know, but, you know, he had done... Buffy the Vampire Slayer before this, so that's where Anthony knows him from. But uh, yeah, this was 
before, I believe before 90210. Where is 90210? Yeah, 90210 started in, no, I'm sorry, 90210 started in 1990, so he was still blowing up from that. Uh, he was in 199 episodes? Oh my lord. Yes, and uh, Box, mm-hmm. this has been like, a, I guess, you know, obviously everybody's running off emotion. Of yeah, this I has been like a Luke Perry filled week. Uh-huh. They actually they actually replayed an episode of uh, SNL from 93 that he hosted. Yeah, my wife told me that was coming on tonight. I didn't watch it because, like, when they opened up, obviously, you know, it's depressing enough because Luke Perry passed away. But on the same episode, you have featured Phil Hartman, Chris Farley. Goddamn, I miss those guys. Mm. So I, I, I couldn't get, you know what I mean? It, it, was, it was too depressing. So I had to kind of cut it off. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I, I don't need to see all that. I don't need to see all that death in one scene, dude. Yeah, it's just it's just depressing, man. I yeah. mean, don't get me. I'm sure it was a hilarious episode, but yeah, <laughs> I need some time. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm 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 good on all the death. But um, I mean, and he's done a ton of stuff, and he's actually done. Hold on, he's actually done a lot of voice work. Believe it or not, uh, Mortal Kombat in the TV series, he was the voice of Sub Zero. Um, in the Incredible Hulk later, not the original TV series, but the later TV series, he was a voice of Rick Jones. Uh, so he did more than just, you know, TV things. And, uh, even in another TV series, Pepper Ann, I guess that was a cartoon. He was a a voice in that movie, in that, uh, TV show. And don't forget, this guy was in 10 episodes of Oz. Wow. Yeah. He played a a priest, preacher. Wow. That's Reverend Jeremiah, Jeremiah Cloutier. I don't know. That's something, honestly, I never really was big on Oz because of the prison prison deal, but I might have to check that out because that just seems like he's so out of his element. I would have thought it was out of his element, too, but he, like I said, he only lasted 10 episodes, and he, uh, he I do remember he died being buried behind a wall. They buried him alive behind a wall. They just cemented him, built the wall while talking to him, and then just walked away. <laughs> Oh, behind a wall. That's awesome. Yep. Cemented in behind a wall, tied up. So not a good way to die even on TV. But, uh, you know, he, he did a few more things after that again. They just kept going and kept going. Like I said, the guy's got 95 things. And he was in a recent TV show called Riverdale, which, again, I never watched any of those. But uh, they even shut down production, you know, of, of the show for a while. So I don't know if that show is going to continue or not with with without him. But. I never saw that show either. Did you ever see the Riverdale? Uh, no, I'll be honest. I haven't. But uh, I do want to say this. Just the outpouring of emotion. And he always had the reputation even before he passed away of being like a real chill, laid back, good, decent dude. Mm-hmm. Which to me is the mark of a good person. Because it's real easy to talk good about somebody after the fact. But if people talk good about you while you're still here and you can take it all in, that tells me you're a good person. So above all else, he seemed like he was a decent dude. Yeah, I, I mean, we never heard. I mean, he, you know, even look at his characters. They're mostly, you know, soft spoken. Uh, actually, he was a uh, he was a psycho in Criminal Minds in one episode, too. But uh, his most of his characters were, you know, soft spoken. He was that kind of soft spoken kind of guy. And I don't think I ever heard of a Luke Perry scandal, a Luke Perry trouble, anything like that. I think he was just one of those kind of under the radar kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah. Just a just a good guy under the radar. 
you know, which, uh, yeah, that, that's good. That, that's always good in Hollywood because, you know, a lot of them, obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. And think about it. This this is somebody that kind of peaked in the 90s. So that's mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to, to survive the 90s with no scandals. Mm-hmm. To, he deserves some awards just for that alone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. B-Megs just said he was a psycho in criminal minds. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll hear that in a few seconds, B-Megs. But uh, yeah. Yeah, he did. And he was he played a good psycho, man. Just like I've always said, you know, Jim Carrey, as much as he's a absolute nut job right now i always thought he'd play a really good psycho cable guy was sort of psycho but it was still funny psycho yeah and now jim what what, what the hell man what the hell was happening to jim carrey he, he looks like your favorite aunt that makes your favorite apple pie yeah yeah he, <laughs> he's not looking good he's gone really nutty uh he's doing art and i'm not gonna get into what i i don't want to get into that whole <laughs> what he's doing i don't i don't even want to bring it up not on this episode we're, we're we're talking luke perry and bull riding um so yeah it's uh <laughs> seeing matthew lillard mur- yeah matthew lillard was on one of those episodes and he was a fucking murdering pedophile exactly yeah p megs is a obviously a criminal minds fan they yeah, do have Matthew some. Lillard, on the side, he he just always looks like a creepy. Somebody needs to give him a back, do a background check on a Matthew Lillard, Lillard, whatever his name is. He Ooh. just has that look about him. <laughs> that he he's done some things. Is it is it the Shaggy thing? I don't know. He just has that face. You ever see somebody that just has that face that looks like they did some underhanded slimy shit? I don't know, but he was in Hackers. I mean, it's a great movie. I mean, his name that? in the his name was serial killer. Yeah, that might have given something away right there, Anthony. You might be onto something, sir. You might be onto something, sir. But uh, yeah, man, died at fifty two years old. Holy shit, is that fucking young? And I do. I need to move this mouse. There we go. Uh, I, I want to get to that little article that you posted. Um, obviously, talking about Luke Perry's death and. Uh, one fan expressed something, and like I said, I fall into this age group. It said, I'm, I'm in mourning for Generation X today for real. And to keep reading the article, Perry died at just 52 years old, which makes him the first Generation X icon to succumb to natural causes. It's an unsettling reality check to those of us who identify as Gen Xers, which would be the 65 million born between 1965 and 1980, and it keeps going. We're used to death from everyone, you know, Kurt Cobain, River Phoenix, Chris Cornell. But Luke Perry is the first to die of something we only expect to happen to old people. Now, I'll be honest, you could have a stroke at any age. Exactly. This article's a little off on that part. I, I don't think this only happens to old people. Oh, God. And, I mean, teenagers have been known to have heart attacks and, and die from it, too. So, yeah. Anybody that don't take care of themselves, I don't care how old you are, you are susceptible to a stroke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old people are susceptible. Are, are, uh, you know, the, the, basically, what I would expect to happen to an old person is you fall and break your hip. All right, that's an old person thing. Any bad thing, heart attack, stroke, any cancer, any disease can strike anyone at any time, yeah. any age, uh, anywhere. Yeah. It's just... This article's weird, but I do agree with the other part, not to dwell on the part I don't agree with, 
But I do agree with, yeah, this is one of the first guys to kind of go, go to one of those things where it's like, holy shit, this really puts it into perspective for the Generation X people. Now, now let me ask you, because mm-hmm. I, I read through the article, and it, it was, like I said, outside of the stroke thing, it was a lot in it that I agreed with. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the piece where it basically says the Generation Xs are basically stuck? They're, that weird, they're like that weird middle child. They're like the Jan Brady. Where they're stuck between the baby boomers and the millennials. And it seems like that era, that generation kind of got skipped over and they never really had a chance to run things. They never really had a, they never really had their breakout moment. Nobody really talks about the Gen Xers the same way they talk about the millennials and the baby boomers. Yeah. And even some of those older Gen X, 1965 people are going to identify more with the baby boomer era than. I mean, you know, if you were born in 1965, you're, you know, a little older than the Gen X that was born in, you know, 10 years later. Me, obviously, you know, you're, 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 you've seen a little, a little more and in a, in a, a different time. <clears throat> I mean, I, most of the shit, you know, all the wars and shit were pretty much over when, when I was born and I don't remember any of that shit anyway, but some of them were still, you know, 10 years old, still kids and still having shit happen, but I don't know, man. It, I don't know why we never really. I don't know. I guess we were all just maybe the '90s music just killed us. I don't know. It was so good. All we wanted to do was listen to music and get fucked up. <laughs> maybe they that's did. what happened. And then by the time fucking all of, all that shit hit us, we're like, oh shit, it's time to like get married, have kids, and do shit. I don't know. Maybe that's what happened. But yeah you're right i i did agree with a lot more on this article though and it, it it keeps going and it keeps going through some people but uh that was basically the the gist of the article is you know holy shit this is really becoming real to people my age and and older and younger so well box if this makes you feel better i did kind of had this part of the article highlighted towards the end okay <laughs> i let this guy I don't know, but I want to shake his hand. <laughs> Go ahead. Who cares, says Neil Pollock, uh-huh. the 49-year-old author of uh, Alternate Dad and nine other books. Do you really want to be in charge? If Thanos stamped his fingers and every single member of Gen X vanished, the world will be fine. Let Donald Trump and Alexandria Cortez fight it out in the trenches. It's a good show. <laughs> Pollock, be- Pollock believes that Gen X never wanted or needed a legacy, purpose, or logo. That's part of our charm, he says. I'm just trying to live out my back nine in decent health, decent humor, and a shred of integrity. I choose cynicism and aloofness now and forever, and I'm not going to change my tune because Luke Perry died. <laughs> I like this guy. This guy Neil- is amazing. He's awesome. He's out here living his best life at 49 years old, bro. Neil Pollock, hats off to you, sir. Hats off to you. So I, you know, I wanted to end that on a you know positive note for you. I didn't want you to you know be suicidal by the time no. this episode is over. No, oh, that's let <laughs> let Trump and AOC fight it out. That's funny. Oh uh, yeah, but no, see, I mean, serious. That's the honestly, that's what any era, you know, just kind of like live your life, be a decent person, don't be a dick, and huh, you know, just kind of like let life go, let life uh, lead you where it leads you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the other article you sent me kind of kind of angered me a little. Yeah, it, it angered me too. There's a lot of assholes in the world, man. And I'll let you kind of get into it. 
I'll get into it a little bit. Um, this, like I said, this article angered me um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, basically, Jenny Garth, who, uh, if you don't know who she is, she was Kelly on 90210. And good God, she was probably the hot one of the hottest chicks on that show. Hotter than Tiffany Amber Thiessen? Mm, I think so, sir. I, I've, I've always been, I, I always like blondes, man. I'm a blonde guy. I, I like blondes. And to be fair, she was not, I, like I said, I don't really have any frame of reference because I never really watched her character on that show. Mm-hmm. But she never really, the things I have seen her in, she never really played the dumb blonde. She always played kind of like the dirty type blonde. Either nerdy she, or rich girl. Because she yeah, still yeah. does some Hallmark stuff and she's always like the well to do now. So, but uh, Jenny Garth posted a picture of her girls, uh, 21. L- Luca, 21, Lola, 16, and Fiona, 12-year-old. And she posted a picture on International Women's Day, which was Friday, I believe. Friday. Oh, what was that? Oh, no idea. Hopefully right. it's gone. Hopefully it is gone. That was kind of creepy. Shit. I'm sorry, people. Don't get mad at me. I'm just reading the article. Um, anyway, this was obviously, you know, just a few days after Luke Perry died. Five days after, basically. And fans went fucking berserk on her for post for not posting any sort of tribute to Luke Perry. Um, and she, I, I like her answer. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, hey, everyone. I chose to post a pic of my girls today because they are my life. Because today is a day to celebrate all women, Garth wrote in response. According to Entertainment Tonight, it took a lot for me. Well, I'm sorry. Garth wrote in response to Entertainment Tonight. So this is what she said to E.T. Uh, it took a lot for me to want to celebrate anything. I thought about it, and I know that's the way my dear friend would have wanted it. She continued, his, Luke Perry's kids, were his life. And anyone who knew him knows that and knows he didn't give a expletive, let's say fuck, about social media. So please don't assume or judge or make rude comments. That's really uncool. I totally agree with her. And I know the other people on the show went ahead and did it. But let me say this. Does everything have to be publicly said nowadays? It shouldn't have to be, but it's like, Jesus Christ, people born. I mean... The fact if you don't instantaneously jump on social media to go rest in peace to your family member or whoever, mm-hmm. that to me shows you're human. Right. That to me shows Jesus, you you got to let some you were really hit by something. To me, it says something about a person's culture, how they were raised, that they instantly have to let the world know that they're in mourning, that they're in pain. Like sometimes you suffer in silence. Like the world shouldn't have to know every minute detail of your life. Exactly. No one has to know. Do you have to go out there and go, okay, let me write the perfect tweet for my friend who just died? Is that what you need to be thinking about when someone dies? Is that where we are in society where you have to think about, okay, what's the right thing to say so everyone can know I'm in mourning? And you know, you know what's sad, Box? That, but besides that, tell me. So, so she she uh, put up the uh, uh, I guess the Instagram with her with her girls on International uh-huh. Women's Day, right? Right. How sad and pathetic is it that some people somebody logged onto that Instagram, 
saw this and that first thought was, look at this bitch. She couldn't, she, she had, she has the nerve. Luke Perry just died on Monday. Mm-hmm. She ain't posted since last Friday. And this is the first thing she posts? Her girls? These two? Like, like, come on, man. How do you know she didn't spend the five days prior crying her eyes out for her friend? She might have. You know, just, just because she didn't what? Do you need a video? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, these, these fucking people, baby. Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, Jason Presley, he had posted something. He said it took him. He had the process. He wanted to post something, but he said he had the process, so he took a couple days before he made a comment about it. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sure. I, did they jump all over him for taking more than a a, a, a millisecond to start <laughs> tweeting? I mean, Jesus Christ. And I'm sure, like I said, you know, I've said my condolences to the man. You said People have said their condolences, but we're, you know, I don't want to say we're public figures, but we do a show about movies so we have to mention it bring it up we have a microphone yeah but i mean these are people that knew him personally yeah and they had that connection to people everybody they come from that generation where it wasn't all about the internet it wasn't all about twitter and social media credibility it was about face-to-face connection with people these are people who spent 199 episodes with this guy and trust me those episodes for tv don't take two or three days to make so think about that. 199 episodes. How long do you think they spent on sets together, those two? Yeah. Ten years. I think. Yeah. I, I, like I said, never watched yeah. the show, but I think it was all for about a solid ten years. I think you're right. I think uh, – let me go back to uh, – oh, shit. I already closed out Luke Perry. Give me a second. Yeah, man. But, you know, like, once again, once again, don't be a dick. <laughs> have, some, have, some common, have some common courtesy, man. That's the one thing for as much as technology has given us. I don't like the fact that it's taking so much of the life and the compassion out of people. Yeah, man, it's 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 really yeah. Let's uh, you know what exactly good 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 call, Anthony. Ten years, ten years, that's ten years. Ten year. So you figure? I think Jason Presley said he's doing something like twenty nine, thirty years, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's thirty years of history right there alone. Yeah, I think, uh, J- yeah. Uh, Jenny Garth probably knew him the same amount of time. How much time did you actually know the man? No. Oh. These fucking people. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, 99.9% of the people, if not 100% of the people, didn't know him at all. And I, I, it, it's just really shitty the way people think nowadays. What 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 their first thought is. Anthony, you said it, man. It, it's a really scary thought that someone woke up and said, look at this bitch. You're right. That is a scary fucking thought. Instead of thinking, oh, man, took her fucking you know seven days or five days after her friends to even post anything man she must have been really broken up from that nope (laughs) nope that's not what people think people think like like you said look at this bitch she can't even jump on social media and make her morning make her public speech that like i said dude the fact that you gotta oh oh wait my friend of oh Okay, let's see. Oh, oh, I've known Luke Perry since 1990. So, oh, what am I going to say that's going to make social media love me? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know. You know. You know. Yeah. You know. Fuck the Maybe they wanted to reach out to the family. See how to see how his kids doing. See mm-hmm. how his fiance doing. See how I don't know if his parents are still around. See how they doing. No. Fuck them. Let, let me know. Let me let the world know how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let Let me let the world know. Fuck, fuck the family. Fuck them. You know, I might, you know, I might want to check on them, but no, they can wait. 
they can wait. Yeah. They only they only going through they only morning right now. They they can wait. Mr. and Mrs. Perry, can y'all wait a minute while I, you know, get on social media and let the world know that I'm hurting right now? Yeah. I'm crying for Luke too. I, I know t- y'all are too, but y'all be all right. Yeah, I totally meant to call you, but like I, I had a tweet a few times because otherwise like people like jump on all over my ass. So I'll call you in like two, three hours. Hope you're okay with that. Let me tweet first, then I'll call you. Oh God. Absolutely ridiculous, man. Fuck ridiculous um but yeah dude it, it, it's and i i feel bad for her even have to even have to go and make that statement to entertainment tonight it's ridiculous dude absolutely ridiculous it shows we are going too far and again i'm not going to get all i'm not going to jump on my soapbox but we are going too far pc it's going way out of fucking hand way out of hand something Something's got to give somewhere. I'll leave it at that. Something's yeah. got to give somewhere. Yeah, something you posted that's a little lighthearted, a little more lighthearted than this. We can get into at the end. Uh, you talk about PC culture. Uh, mm-hmm. I did want to kind of get into the. Uh, was it you that posted an article about Rush Hour? That want to do Rush remake Rush Hour with women now? Yeah, yeah. Say that because you know, you know, say that for the end. That's a little lighthearted, but it speaks to what you were just talking about with the PC culture. Everything I feel like. We're on this never-ending long-ass apology tour. Any talk about the uh, the gener- generation Xers. I feel like anything that happened between 1965 and about 2005, we're on a long-ass apology tour for. Like, God damn, get over it, folks. Get yeah, over it, but y- I mean, y'all got to stop dragging Gen X people into it, man. We, I mean, we stopped in 1980. That's where our Gen stops. I was, you know, I'm 75. I'm right there at the end of that, but. I don't know, man. It's just it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy how full of PC we are. People pissed off about Ace Ventura, American Pie, Ace Revenge Ventura. of the Nerds. Ace. Ah. And and you know what the sad thing is? Jim Carrey's a raging liberal. So he's on their side. They're eating their own, dude. <laughs> They're eating huh. their own. What the fuck is wrong with you people? No, he really is. I mean, you, you know that. I mean, like I said, I didn't want to get into it, but since you brought that up, he is a raging liberal. He is a fanatic Trump hater. I'll be honest. I've actually uh, tuned out a lot of the uh, Trump stuff, so I haven't been up to date on Jim Carrey. I just somebody had just posted a picture mm-hmm. a couple days ago, and to show you how out of the loop I was, I'm like, when the fuck did he get the uh, the uh, Brady Bunch hairdo? Like, like this is how I don't out even of know, the loop man. I was with Jim Carrey. Like, what the hell is happening? It's like, please. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm again. I'm not going to sit here and get on a fucking political rant. That's not what I'm going to do. But I'm just saying we we're, we're going way too far in this PC thing. When you guys, not not, and I'm not saying you. I'm just saying when the fucking liberals are eating their own for a movie that is absolutely a staple of the fucking '90s. Ace yeah. fucking Ventura. Come on, what what is wrong with it? Why? Because he got sick? Because he think he he kissed a man? Is that it's, oh, it's transphobic now? Anyway, oh, there, there B Megs just said it. It's transphobic. I don't know. What we really have to fucking start leaving history. I'm going to call it history alone. I'm going to call even that movie history. 
because that is that a movie should be cemented in nineties history. It like, is. I mean, let's be. I mean, Jim Carrey's uh, insanity aside, he's he's a staple. You know, he's another one. He's a staple. He that helped cultivate nineties culture. Dude, not not just that movie. That movie, the second Ace Ventura was fucking amazing. The Mask was an amazing uh, amazing yes. movie. Liar, liar. Pretty much anything Jim Carrey, Dumber, 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 anything Jim Carrey touched in the '90s, pretty much made a staple of the '90s. Again, his politics aside, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm not the guy. I'm never going to watch a movie of his because he's a fucking raging liberal. I'm not that guy. I would yeah. never watch a movie again if I did that. De Niro, same thing. Raging yeah, liberal. Yeah. You put Goodfellas <laughs> on, motherfucker. I'm watching fucking Goodfellas. I don't give a shit. You, you damn right. Bronx you tale. damn right. I mean, like I said, I mean, I know a lot of people. I, I know De Niro lost a few people when he went on that rant, went on that Trump rant. But look, I'm still here. You can't. I, I'm not, no. I, I'll, I'll never. I'll never. I can turn off the TV. I can change the channel when he starts talking politics. But I will never turn my back on Robert De Niro. Your politics will never make me. I mean, unless you're out there going, you know, all Trump supporters can fucking lick my balls, which a few people have said. And I don't really watch their movies anyway. And it's kind of weird how those are the nobodies. But you're not going to make me by spite by, for your political opinions. Do you know how bigoted that is to literally do that for someone's political opinions? Absolutely. Ridiculous, dude. You can't do that. Fuck that, man. You think your way. I think mine. You were great in Bronx Tale, by the way. That's all I would have to say. I love Bronx Tale. Goodfellas. Fucking casino. Jesus Christ. Keep going, man. You can't do that. That's where everything's a problem now. Everyone jumps on the boycott train. Yes. Another and, and, and plus, it's problem. like, I feel like the biggest issue is people like to judge things. Mm-hmm. Out of, out of their era. They want to judge, they're trying to judge things through, uh, 2019 eyes. And you can't do that. You can't judge right. a show like All in the Family that was, that was basically based on 1960s life, 1970s life through 2019 eyes. Cause obviously a lot of things Archie Bunker said during that time period was a little suspect, was a little fucked up. But guess what? That's how people talked in that era. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the uh, Transcontinental Project in the chat room is saying Jim Carrey's overrated. He's unnatural. He is over. Uh, I'm not going to say he's overrated. He definitely overacts. And you know what? I- I'm I'm, I'm going to make a strange comparison here. Jim Carrey is sort of a Dolph Ziggler of acting. He oversells. But, but let me ask you though. That's what makes him what great, he, though. But what, I know, but I'm to your point though. But mm-hmm. what he, but that's what he was going for in the '90s. And if you look at the characters that he was playing, mm-hmm. like you can't let's be honest, you can't play a character like Ace Ventura as a straight man, right? Exactly, exactly, dude. You got to be over the fucking top. If you that whole character was a bird, <laughs> literally, he said it in interviews. That character was a bird. Ace Ventura mm-hmm. was a bird. Look at the hair. Look at the way I walk. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a bird. Clearly, you get like a movie like The Mask. Think about. It. Could you imagine if uh, he didn't have the facial expressions that he did naturally? How oh, boring yeah. The Mask would have been. Oh yeah. I guarantee. Oh. I guarantee you that script was written with him in mind for his facial expressions alone. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. Is one of the greatest movies. Liar, liar is one of the greatest movies too. But The Mask is really good. By the way, Cameron Diaz is 
never been hotter than in that movie, by the way. Oh my lord. Uh <laughs> and, and 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 gotta give credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. Uh Jim Carrey can act. We've seen it. He he did it in the uh, Truman show and he did it in uh a movie I, called The Majestic. Very was, understated roles. I was actually about to mention the Truman show because really that is not only an underrated movie. That's one of my that, that's up there, dude, in one of my favorite movies. You got to think about it, dude. That movie was ahead of its time. Because <laughs> yeah. Because think about it. That's kind of what they're doing now. They're just shoving cameras in people's homes and taping them. Yeah, we had uh, yeah, you come to think of it, you're right. Reality TV before that was an actual thing. Hogan knows best. Kardashians. All those shows, dude, they're basically the same thing. But it's just I don't know, man. J- Jim Carrey is definitely a staple of the fucking 90s to me. And like I said, no political, you know, bullshit he pulls is going to make me go, I'm not going to watch his movies. That ain't fucking happening. Like I said, De Niro. Literally, dude, if I did that with every actor that hated Trump, I wouldn't watch a movie. There's no movies I could watch. Exactly. No, I Exactly. Or and music. I feel like that. Or music I could listen to. Pink Floyd. Love Pink Floyd. I'm not going to stop listening because they fucking hate fucking Trump. Nah, I don't give a fucking. I want to get stoned to listen to Pink Floyd, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's why, once again, that's why I gave up on the Oscars oh, a yeah. long time ago. Because every speech that is a fucking political statement. Like, Jesus man. Christ. Just say thank you to your mom, your family, your first board, whoever you got to thank, and keep it moving. I don't give a damn about your political beliefs, well, your political affiliations. No, well, first and foremost, Anthony, you got you got to thank God. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> first and foremost, I got to thank God. <laughs> of course, that's how every no, speech no, no, no. Starts. You're thinking of the Soul Train Awards. No, I'm not. I'm thinking every award show starts <laughs> with that. But uh, 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 let's let's at least get back to Luke Perry a little bit. Um, and, and then we will get into this movie. I'm not going to do the usual scene by scene with this movie. Um, most of the movie, he's riding a bull. The other part of it is really just a love story between him and his, uh, him and his wife. So we'll, we'll get through the movie a lot faster than usual. I do have like 10 clips total, but, uh, yeah, man, but you know, the fact that people are jumping all over Jenny Garth which is where we started. I'm kind of going, I'm kind of calling back to the beginning here to try to segue us back. But I mean, the fact people are going after Jenny Garth again, just goes right to where we, all the things we're talking about with the PC culture and everything. And you should be able to not have to make everything a public thing. You shouldn't have to put it out on social media. You should be able to, like Anthony said a while ago, mourn in private, and then just start posting again when you feel ready. She posted her daughters, dude. She didn't post a picture of her in a bikini on a beach taking a selfie with her tits hanging out. She posted a picture of the most important thing in her fucking life, her three girls. Yeah. Back the and f- back exactly. off, Jenny Garth, motherfuckers. Exactly. <laughs> and if you read her comment, like I said, clearly, at least for her, that had some sentimental value. That was her way of, I guess, honoring Luke. He was a fam- apparently he was a family man. His kids were his life. Yeah, and I don't even know how many kids he has, but I mean, you know, obviously. Oh, he he probably had a lot. I mean, he's a pretty. He was a pretty motherfucker. 
Well, hate, he, hate them pretty motherfuckers. Hate oh, them. oh, I'm sure he, dude. The, the women were literally. Th- I mean, he was probably dodging pussy. <laughs> like, oh, oh, shit, oh, shit. That's oh, shit. They're throwing. It. Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah probably, rest in peace, Luke Perry. But that day. Oh, that man probably had a bob and bob and weave pussy, dude. Oh, shit, it's coming at me again. Oh, god. Okay. <laughs> But I, and I, again, I don't know how many kids he had, but you know, if or if he had boys and girls, but goddamn, that family is going through some hell right now, especially, I mean, he had a stroke and obviously most people do come back from the stroke and, you know, e- even if they're paralyzed on, you know, certain parts of their body are usually paralyzed, whether it's usually facial uh, parts, it's usually facial paralysis, but just yeah. didn't come back, man. And obviously that family is going through a living hell yeah. still. And uh, it, it just sucks, man. But um, I guess to get a little bit into the a little bit into the movie, I guess we can start talking. Oh shit! Sorry about that. I just dropped my electronic cigarette. <laughs> now I can't grab it. Hold on. Hold on. I'm here. Okay. Sorry about that. My wife's gonna come in and make sure I didn't break anything. Um. Anyway, to go into the movie a little bit. Um. This is one of my favorite Luke Perry movies. I know he didn't do that many, but <laughs> BMX is going, what the fuck is happening? I dropped something, dude. I dropped something. Uh, this is one of my favorite Luke Perry movies. Um, I do like this story about eight seconds. It's uh, obviously about the uh, about Lane Frost, a world champion bull rider. Um, I actually worked with a girl in when I was 21 years old who lived here. And when I oh. moved here, she had just moved here from Oklahoma and she actually went to high school with Lane Frost. So, you know, it, this movie had already come out and everything. So it, it was kind of cool. But this movie here is one of my favorite movies. Number one, I am a big fan of bull riding. Anthony, I don't know if you are, but I mean, do you, have you ever come across it on television? Uh, a little bit, and I, and I, I got to be honest, can't say I followed it religiously, but it is very impressive that uh, those that the guys that do actually do bull riding for a living, because obviously it looks like it's mad fun, but obviously very dangerous, as we'll kind of get to. More than dangerous, and you know, I'm watching this with you know my wife even wanted to watch it, which surprised the shit out of me because she usually doesn't want to watch movies with me, but she wanted to watch it. And me and her are watching it, and I'm going, you know, if you look at what these guys are doing, they're busting their ass, they're traveling, they're hurt a lot of the fucking time. These guys are fucking wrestlers. <laughs> this is just like wrestling. Think about it, dude. You start out doing small shows. They're traveling from small show to small show to small show, small rodeo, small rodeo, small rodeo, in order to get to the big time. The big time is the PBR. The professional they'll, bull riding association. Box. You compared it to wrestling. That is actually that's actually a good comparison. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm but just, what would you what would you what, <laughs> what would you call their groupies? They named them. They, they it's Steve Steve Baldwin said it. They were buckle bunnies. Buckle bunnies. Buckle bunnies. Because when you say. most of the times when you win a rodeo, you win a belt buckle. That's why he said they're called buckle bunnies. <laughs> but. Buckle um, bunnies. Think about it, though, dude. They're doing the exact same thing wrestlers are doing, trying to make it to the PBR, which is the, I mean, the PBR is basically the the WWE of bull riding, which 
it actually used to come on right after wrestling on TNT for a while there. PBO, it was after after Monster Jam ran its course. Okay. PBR would come on right after, and I would stay up and watch. I would stay up and watch all this shit, dude. I loved bull riding. I, I've mentioned it to Sheen. I don't know if I ever mentioned it to you. When I was a kid, me and my sister did the horse horse riding circuit, the jumping. Uh-huh. Seven out of ten times, the next week would be rodeo because they already had the ring and everything set up for the other thing. So by the time the show was wrapping up, a lot of these rodeo guys would come in and I would get to talk to them. I'd get to see them. And I was a little kid, so I really didn't know who I was talking to, but it was it was kind of the same group of people. But as as far as the wrestling thing, though, it, it's the same fucking thing, though. You're literally on the road traveling, trying to make it to the fucking big time. And these guys, you think football is tough. You think wrestling is tough. These guys don't uh, these guys are falling off of fucking, you know, 2000 pound animals onto dirt dirt with mostly concrete underneath if, if they're in a stadium there's concrete underneath that fucking floor with dirt oh, yeah with dirt now i've seen I, i've been to pbr it's kind of turned into a spectacle at this point but these motherfuckers these bull riders man you know and even the saddle bronc guys and i've been on a fucking a, a, a bronc i've been on a, a horse a, a, a bucket horse before Yes, I and there is actual footage of uh, Luke Perry riding a bull. So I'm yeah. not sure if he did it for this movie in particular, but mm-hmm. he actually has ridden a bull before. Nope. So he's uh, him, legit. Him and Stephen Baldwin both did learn and did do some of their own stunts. So if I watched to see if I could see where they were really doing it, I couldn't really tell, but. Definitely, they did do some of the stunts, and they did learn. Both of those two learned. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, bull riding is fucking tough. Those guys, cowboys are fucking tough, man. Those son of a bitches are fucking tough. This movie definitely showed you these guys are fucking, you know, and this is it. First, second, and third make money. Everyone else goes home nothing, dude. You got to realize that. Nothing. First, second, and third. That's what you got to fucking fight for in rodeos. So, yeah, man. Like I said, I, I, I've been on a horse, a saddle bronc, but I have never been on a bull. I've been offered to get on a bull and ride, but I've never done it. I was I was 14 the first time I was asked, asked to ride a bull. I said, hell no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. Oh, oh, as, as to uh, wrap up a little art discussion we had earlier, Luke Perry has two kids, boy right. and a girl. Okay. All the right. The boy is a jungle boy. They call yeah, uh, you. This right. is uh, Jack Perry, and uh, he has a daughter, uh, Sophie Perry. Right. I, I I knew he had more than just jungle boy, but I was I didn't know if it was one or or two more. So I that's why I didn't say anything. For some reason, I thought he had three. But now he has only has two. Okay, but uh, uh, Mark uh, Mark in the chat ride a bull. Well, he put butt, but he meant bull for eight seconds or fight Brock Lesnar with my bare hands. I'm getting on the bull, sir. 
I'm yeah, gonna get bored. Yeah. You yeah, know I'm who getting... else I wouldn't fight? Huh? Uh, Mike Tyson. It was a it's been it's a video uh, floating around of him, fifty two years old. Ooh. His hands have not missed a step. I saw that video and Jesus Christ, man, those hands. I, it, is he faster? Jesus Christ! Like <laughs> it, <laughs> that's a guy. That's a guy. Look, I don't care what nobody says. I'm glad we still got Mike with us, man, and he mm. finally got his hand on straight. Me too. And if you haven't seen that, um, I think it's called Undisputed, the one man show he does. Seek that out. You've got to watch that. It is absolutely amazing. We do need to review that one night. I actually do want to get to that too. Oh, yeah, that, Mike the, Tyson. That yeah, yeah, Mike Tyson. Undisputed, I believe his name. We definitely want to get to that one. It's an um, it, it's it's amazing, and that that that'd be a different show for us right there. That'd be one because we've never done something like that—a one man show. So, um, now, damn it, where were we? Bull riding. Ah, yeah, PBR, tough motherfucking bull riders. That's where we were. Yes. Um, but, and, oh, I was still comparing it to kind of wrestling, but yeah, it, it, to me, it's the same. It, I'm watching it going. These guys are the same thing, except they're more beat up, you know, the, a little bit more. I mean, football may be tough. Wrestling may be tough, but these guys, man, you got to remember they're, they're riding on a 2000 pound fucking animal, a wild fucking animal. And, uh, it's. It can't be easy, especially when, I mean, you know, even in this movie, he gets hung up a couple times where their hand gets caught in the fucking, uh, in the rope and shit like that. Right. You can get, obviously you can die doing this because Lane Frost in the movie does die doing this. Sorry, I just ruined the end for everybody. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it, yeah. It's, it's pretty goddamn crazy. But, and I know, I mean, you think, you know, bull riding. Oh, geez. What do those guys do? They have to hold on for eight seconds. It ain't about holding on for eight seconds. There's way more involved in scoring yeah. than just holding on for eight seconds. The same thing, just the same thing with NASCAR. Oh, they're just drivers. I mean, mm. I'm not into it, but it's a lot that goes into it. It's mm. not just a matter of driving a car around a track. You got to have good eye hand. You got to have good hand eye coordination. You got to be able to be quick on your feet with the brakes. It's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, and by the way, when you go to a rodeo, if you've ever been to a rodeo, people who get the least amount of credit and should get the most are those goddamn rodeo clowns, by the way. Those motherfuckers are insane what they do and how they look. When the guy's hung up in the rope, who do you think jumps on those fucking bulls and gets him out of there? Those fucking rodeo clowns, man. Those guys are lifesavers. Those guys are fucking lifesavers out there, man. Like I said, I've been to a couple of rodeos. I've seen those guys jump in there a few times, and they are fucking definitely, they're definitely fucking lifesavers out there. So those guys don't get enough credit, in my opinion, man. They don't get enough credit. And they, they don't get paid shit either. Um, but yeah, bull riding isn't just sitting there going out there, holding on for eight seconds and going, all right, let me see how high of a score I can get. The reason they get those scores is for style. They have to have control of the bull. Your free hand can't slap the back of the bull. That's basically end ride right there. Or you fall on your ass. That's end ride right there. But not only does the rider get points, but the uh, PRCA is also judging, which is the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, and they are giving the bull points too. So that's how they combine the scores 
So that bull is also getting points. More rank, obviously, mean of a bull you get on, the more points you're usually going to get, which is why in the movie, Lane Frost always wanted, he even said always, the bull that no one can ride, that's the one I want. Because if you ride it, you're going to fucking win. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because they're going to score that bull and they're going to score that, you know, that, that rider. <laughs> and excuse me. And if you can stay on, obviously, you know, that's going to be a fucking hell of a ride. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely not just going out there and holding on to a fucking bull. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fucking rough sport, man. But uh, I guess we can get a little bit into the movie here. We'll go through a few of the, uh, the actors and a few things like that. And then we'll uh, like I said, I'm, th- this is not a movie I can go scene by scene. It'll bore the shit out of everybody. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to you guys. Um, but, uh, eight seconds. Let's go ahead and get into it a little bit here. Not a lot of, not a ton of actors in this movie because it doesn't focus on a lot of different scenes. It's really the same guys. This movie focuses on the main people you see in this movie are, uh, let's start right here at the top with, uh, Clyde Frost, which was his father, uh, played by James Reborn. Holy shit. Has this guy been in a ton of fucking movies? Yeah, he's one of those guys that if you see him, you may not know his name, but he's uh he you'll know him when you see him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This guy's been in Sentable Woman. This guy's was in Independence Day, um Thirty Rock, he was in a couple episodes. My cousin Vinny. My cousin parents. Vinny, yep, Law and Order. He's done seven episodes. You could keep going and going with this guy. And it, yeah, I would say the main Thing I probably know him from would be Independence Day. Yeah, for me, you know, from my era, I would know from that. And a little movie called Blank Check from back in the day. Mm-hmm. All right. There we go. But the, yeah, he is definitely one of those guys where, oh, shit, I know who he is. Let me look him up real quick. So there's him. And let's see. What else do we got here? Cameron Finley, who plays young teenage uh, Luke Perry or Lane Frost. Not in the movie very long. I brought him up because he was born 15 minutes from me, Garland, Texas. Garland, Texas. <laughs> right in Garland, right down the road. It's where I get my weed. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> it is, actually. Um, and, you know, you, you can go through his mom, obviously, Carrie Snogger. She was in the movie. Now, uh, we... You all right? I'm fine. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Ooh. Now, we've already talked about Luke Perry. Stephen Baldwin in this movie plays Tough Heaterman. Uh, again, I don't know if you know who Tough Heaterman is. I really don't, but he, Stephen Baldwin, I got to say, played an amazing <laughs> asshole in this movie. Amazing. Uh, up until the end, he did. And Tough Heaterman is a very famous uh, bull rider. Matter of fact, he's still involved in bull riding today. He was an announcer for a little while for PBR. Um, And last year, he started forming his own bull riding association called the Tough Heaterman Bull Riding Tour. So he's still involved in bull riding as of today. And uh, he is a hell of a fucking bull rider. He's a legend in in the business. Not just because of his... Um, connection with Lane Frost, but he actually had a future. In the movie, they say he's never won a championship, 
in reality, he had actually won a championship before Lane won a championship. Uh, obviously, they didn't bring that in for, you know, whatever reasons. But Tough Heaterman is a hell of a fucking rodeo rider. And like I said, a legend in the rodeo business. And I haven't seen this new uh, bull riding tour that he's doing. I, I, I definitely want to check that out. Um, and the other guy, and obviously that's Stephen Baldwin, who, Jesus Christ. I mean... Not a ton of movies, but he does have a movie that is a staple of the 90s. And it's not eight seconds. It's fucking Biodome. <laughs> yes. Love that movie. And the same year Biodome came out, Fled came out with him and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. So, yeah, he had like a bit of a run there. Yeah, he had a little bit of a run there. He actually had three movies come out because he had Primetime come out in 96 also. Uh, 97... And he was even in Half Baked. I forgot about that. I feel like the ball, they're like the White Waynes. They're like the white versions of the Waynes brothers. They kind yeah. of are. I mean, they, they, I mean, obviously, Alec is the one everybody knows. He's like the biggest star out of all of them. Right. But the other ones are pretty, they pretty work steadily. They work steadily. Yeah. Matter of fact, Stephen Baldwin has one, two, three, four, five, six things coming out in 2019. Uh, a couple in post-production, a couple actually are just announced right now. So the guy's still fucking working and doing great, man. And I, I I know he used to. I don't know if he still does, but I know Stephen Baldwin used to own a couple of restaurants in the New York area. So, but, uh, ah, Trent's talked about the project saying eight seconds. The budget for the movie was seven million box office. The movie made 19 million. Not bad. Not bad, especially for back then. Movies were a little cheaper back then. Obviously, you can't, uh, you know, you can't do that, but... I thought Stephen Baldwin's character in this movie was fucking great, man. I really liked him as Tough Heaterman, and again, a, a fucking really played the character well from what I've read and heard about the guy. Now, the next guy, Cody Lambert, is another uh, famous guy in the bull riding circuit, definitely. Uh, I'm not going to say he's as famous as anybody else, but he he's he did saddle bronx, he did bull riding, he even did barrel racing for a little while. Um, just another legend that didn't have a lot to do with bull riding after he he retired. Believe it or not, after Lane died, he sort of sort of faded away. Cody, which was and again, it was those three guys that were traveling together. It was uh, Lane Frost, Tough Heedeman. And Cody Lambert, all three of those guys traveling together on the radio circuit. Um, again, not many more notable names in this movie. The only notable name I will say is another buckle bunny in the movie. Renee Zellweger makes a little uh, cameo in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And a few country singers are in this movie. Vince Gill, Brooks and Dunn is in this movie. Um, I don't even know who the other guy is, to be honest with you. The one of the guys singing, I don't know who he is. I know who Brooks and Dunn is. I know who um, Vince Gill is, but that's the only guys I know in the movie. I know a little bit of country, not a ton. Now, let me ask you, Box. Hmm? Movie was made on a seven million dollar budget, made close to twenty million. What would you attribute it to? Would you attribute it to the story, or would you attribute it to uh, the star power of Luke Perry and how hot Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero was at the time? Because this seems like a random ass movie to make twenty million dollars in the in the mid nineteen nineties. It was, 
But you have to remember, I mean, Lane died in 87, so a lot of people who knew the story were, you know, of that of that time. So I would say it's a little bit of both. I would say Luke Perry definitely had something to do with it. But I would say the story, a true story. Everyone loves a true story movie. And a, a lot of this movie was true. Some of it was bullshit, but not a lot of it. But um, I would say a little of both, to be honest with you. Between the, the Luke Perry, obviously, you know, chicks just wanted to see him in a cowboy hat and tight pants, I'm sure. And I'm sure a lot of the guys that went to see it wanted to see the bull riding. So, yeah, I'm sure it had a little bit to do with both, man. But I like the story of this movie, obviously, man. The story of this movie is great. And again, I love doing these true story movies because you can actually talk about these characters like they're real people because, holy shit, they are. So always always good to talk about these, you know, true story movies. But um, let's see, who else is in them? Oh, I mean, I guess we got to mention Kelly, his wife, which is uh, Cynthia Geary who has done a bunch of movies I've never fucking heard of, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> to be dead honest with you. Never heard of all, almost every movie she's ever been in. But uh, one great movie. Now, a few of the things that I do want to point out before we get into the actual movie. They sort of portray Lane's father as judgmental and that father that Nothing is ever good enough for him. Yeah. Not true. His dad was actually very supportive of him, was a rodeo rider before, understood the life he was going through, and literally was sub- completely supportive of, of him the whole way. Um, they also show him riding, uh, being injured while riding Red Rock. He really didn't get injured either one of those rides. Uh, all th- well, any all three of them, which we'll get to. Um, let's see, what were the other ones that were pretty much bullshit? Uh, Cody Lambert reading poems in the movie a few times. Cody doesn't write any goddamn poems. That was bullshit too. <laughs> so there you Uh-oh, go. Careful, box. Don't dig too much. This will turn into a uh, <laughs> blood sport too. Electric boogaloo for you. Like, <laughs> don't dig too deep, bro. <laughs> no, that was fine. I, I'm good with him not reading poetry, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, the actual Lane Frost that we're going to get into and start talking about in a little while, um, we'll get into uh, basically 1963, October 12th, 1963. He was born um, and died July 30th, 1989. Um, obviously this movie shows how he died. He actually was killed by a bull. I believe the name of the bull was called taking care of business. Wow. <laughs> True words. Never was spoken. Yeah. Pretty scary, but I believe that's the name of the bull. Um, but I mean, he was a multi-time champion. He, I believe seven time, uh, champion in the eighties. And I mean, you know, he really, Died very young, man. Obviously, I mean, 1963, 73, 83, I mean, 26, man. Jesus. 26 years old. And, you know, it, it's it's really obviously a fucking horrible story. And 26, Jesus Christ, way too young to go. And 
the way he went, well, 25, actually, when he died, uh, because his birthday hadn't hit yet, because his birthday was in October, he died in July. Wow. Yeah. So, and you know, like I said, the way he went, and, uh, you know, he only had five years with his wife, and pretty much one of those years was rocky with them, and just, a, it, it, it's not, it's a really fucking sad story, to be honest with you, this movie. But yeah, um, really, yeah. But uh, real quick, I'll get into the uh, the director of this movie though. Co- sort of surprises me, uh, John G. Avildsen, I guess would be his name. Yeah, I recognize that name too. Yeah, Rocky, Rocky Five, Karate Kid, Karate Kid Part Three. Yeah, Neighbors in the eighties. Uh, Jesus Christ, dude! Karate Kid Part Two, Lean on Me. Tons of movies this guy has has done, and obviously he brought in. Uh, there's a theme when uh, Lane Frost is going out there and riding, and he brought in Bill Conti, who's also known for the Rocky movies and the Karate Kid movie theme songs, also. So, kind of a good tie in there to all the Rocky movies with the the uh, the music guy and the director of the movie. But it's kind of weird when you see the guy who did Rocky and Rocky Five and all this do a movie like this. Kind of seems a little and, and Karate Kid. This movie seems a little out of his element. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, hey, try something different. Maybe he wanted to challenge his uh, directing chops with something different. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But this is definitely you know this kind of movie. I would think would be out of his element. There's no action. This is not an action fucking movie at all. There's no martial arts in this movie at all. There's but no, you're a fan of it, so you, uh, would, you would say he did well? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I I didn't really realize this was who did it, that director. But obviously, probably that's one of the reasons I do. I do enjoy this movie. So, but anyway, I guess we could actually get into the actual movie now a little bit. Like I said, I'm not going to go through the whole movie. Might not be one of our longest shows in the world, but we need to trim it down anyway a little bit. But uh, and Anthony, I'm sure, isn't feeling extremely great. So we won't make him go to bed too, goddamn. I'll survive. Any, any, anything for the fine folks ah. of THT Movie Review on our March to 100 episodes. All right. That's right. We're on the, we're on the road to, to 100. Jesus Christ. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this movie starts out a little bit. We're going to, like I said, I'm not going to flow through the whole movie do want to play a little bit of it though there is a few things in here i do want to get to um you know the movie kind of starts out like i said it is a true story so it starts out in oklahoma where he's a kid talking about how he doesn't you know he he ain't afraid of them bulls and you know things like that but it, it quickly goes to a teenager and then from a teenager it goes to where he's obviously in his 20s and traveling the rodeo circuit this is the scene right here though where we meet tough and cody and uh i'm playing some of the funny scenes in the movie just because it's gonna make it a lot better to flow through the movie (laughs) i'm not gonna play you bull riding scenes so don't worry about that let me give you guys some volume here and let's play a couple of these fucking scenes here this is the scene right here where we meet um like I said, Tough and Cody, 
they literally pull up at Lane's house and they're waiting for him out in the car. Talking a little shit about him. Let's hear some shit talk. Where in the heck is that stupid idiot pencil neck son of a bitch? He'll be here. You know we're going to have to drive like hell to get there on time now. That's the way you drive anyway. <laughs> Why in the world did I let you talk me into this? Because I like him and we can use him to help us share expenses. Lane's good. He ain't that good. And we beat you at the high school final. Hey, he got lucky. He is a puss. <laughs> you know it and I know it. All right, now, I did want to play that because he's a puss. Comes into the play a lot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got to agree with that because I'll be honest. The first 20 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes of this movie, I'm thinking, like, you're Luke fucking Perry. What the fuck is going on, bro? <laughs> like, say, like, come on, you, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I understand it's a true story, and maybe the, this Lane Frost dude might have been soft-spoken. But I'm like, dude, you're Luke fucking Perry, man. You should have you should had that shit wrapped up before the credits, opening credits was over. No. Like, come on, man. No, and he was. He was a um, Lane Frost was, by all accounts, by, again, I didn't know him, but what I've read, and I actually did a little goddamn research for this show, motherfuckers, in the chat room. Don't start fucking with me. I, by the way, I love you all. Lo- lo- love all you guys. All love. Um, but he was a soft-spoken Southern guy. To be honest with you, most of the stuff I read about him is things people said about Elvis. Soft-spoken, kind of shy country boy. Like an all-shucks type of gentleman? Exactly. And he was, and it showed in this movie... Basically, and a lot of people said he really played almost the perfect Lane Frost. You know, ah. this this is exactly what he's like. I looked for articles really tearing this movie apart, and I couldn't find any, to be honest with you. Um, the worst thing I heard, I, I read, was one article saying this movie lacked the meatiness of a, of, of a true cowboy movie. Well, it wasn't a fucking cowboy movie, motherfucker. This wasn't John fucking Wayne. You know, shooting up the fucking Wild West. This was a fucking true story. So, but this first scene, we do see him meet Kelly. Not meet Kelly, but sees Kelly doing barrel racing. Um, Obviously, doing the same sort of circuit as him. Most of the, this is pretty much a girl's thing. The guys do the barrel racing too. But um, actually, when I did the horses, my, my old trainer from when I was a kid, she now does the barrel racing, always posting pictures of herself doing the barrel racing. But, uh, you know, he does see Kelly, who does quickly become his wife in the movie. But um, it the beginning of this movie also shows, again, that Lane Frost is different from a lot of the cowboys in this movie or that they show. A lot of the guys don't really want to pay attention to the kids and. He was that guy that would sit there and pay attention to the kids, but he was also an amazing, he knew rodeo, he knew bulls. And one, there's a funny scene I'll get to here where he's, Stephen Baldwin, as tough tough as on a bull, and he's trying to tell him what the bull's going to do right out of the chute. And fucking tough ain't listening. 
I just feel like playing this part. Here we go. All right, now you make sure you get that over him. He's gonna come blown out of there hard. No, he don't. He's gonna come out and start spinning flatter than the bank. He's gonna blow. He's gonna spin. Shut up, make some money. Make some money, all right? He's gonna blow. He's gonna spin. Let's go, boys. All right. Now, the bull does blow out of there. <laughs> By blow, he means the bull's going to come out, look straight, and <laughs> jump. I don't know if you know. Oh, <laughs> don't be getting all gay with the bull. Oh, that's a little bull. But that is what he means. He's going to come straight out of there and jump is exactly what that motherfucker is going to do. And he did. And he did. That bull did exactly what Lane thought he was going to do. Um, but, yeah, he was, uh, again, just a very smart, soft-spoken. This was the kind of guy that, you know, again, I'm going to kind of compare it to wrestling. These guys are the kind of guys that when they're done they were watching tapes of themselves to try to get better. You know, just hey. <laughs> just like wrestlers do. I'm sorry, Anthony, go ahead. No, 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 I was agreeing with you, yeah. Yeah, just like wrestlers do. They watch tapes. They try to get better. Again, it isn't just holding on to the bull and they go, oh, all right, well, he held on pretty good. We'll give him a... You've got to have style. You've got to know... You can't get too deep. Your hand can't touch... You've got to be kicking. When that bull is spinning left, you should be kicking to the right. When that bull is spinning to the right, you need to be kicking to the left. Ah, uh, so basically they're looking for control of the animal too. Control. It is all about control, and yeah, basically. I mean, literally, if you've ever watched bull riding, you'll see a guy and you're like, "Oh, he's got that. He's got that motherfucker." And then you'll see a guy who's holding on for dear life. And you're like, oh, shit, that bull is tough as fuck. Gotcha. So the guy that's holding on for dear life, he can hold on technically longer than the other person that's doing it with the style. But he'll lose just because he didn't have good control of the animal. He didn't have style points and all that type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Bull riding is all about being in control of the 2,000-pound fucking animal you're on, which I don't know how the fuck you do that, but... Yeah, being in control of that fucking beast of a goddamn animal is exactly what bull riding is all about. And I know it's bull riding is kind of I don't know how much longer it's going to last. A lot of, you know, PETA really doesn't like it. Um, they don't treat them bad, believe it or not. They think they treat these animals bad, but they don't understand these bulls to these guys. This is their livelihood. These bulls are raised by farmers who sell and get to, they have to register these bulls with the PBR. Then they have to register them with the, 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 the you know, the Cowboys Association that I talked about earlier. They have to register them with both. They have to be almost granted an opportunity to have their bull in these. And they make fucking money off this shit, dude. These yeah. guys treat these bulls like they are money makers. They treat them good they feed them well that's why when you see these pbr bulls they look like fucking mean fucking lean built machines these things are treated well 
So they live a good life and they get plenty of exercise. Oh, and they just retire. Like the bull we'll talk about in a little while, Red Rock. Red Rock just retired. You know, just retired as a world champion bull, by the way. But uh, these bulls that are up here in these rodeos are not the bulls that are treated horribly. These bulls are treated fucking like gold in the on the rodeo circuit because they that's what they are to these farmers. They're this is their gold. You know, the more these people ride their bulls, the more they get paid. Makes sense. It, it's a business, just like everything else, man. It, rodeoing is a business. To it's a business to the guys doing it, obviously. I mean, they they show it in this movie, but it's also a business to those the 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 owners of the bulls. I mean, this is what they do. They they sell bulls. Yeah, yeah. So and yeah, B Megs even says these bulls when they retire, these bulls just fuck. They just breed these bulls to try to make more bulls to sell. So. You know, they're like fucking, uh, you know, they, they, they retire and turn into, turn into old, uh, old porn star bulls. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't it though? <laughs> Ain't it though? But, we, should, uh, we, we should all be so lucky. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We all should be that lucky. But, uh, another little part I'm going to play here again. We're only, I know we're only 10 minutes in the movie. I really am not going through the whole movie. I promise you. Um, but another part I want, I'm, I'm kind of, what I do want to play is more of the beginning of the movie. The beginning of this movie is more about Lane. The second part of this movie is more the love story and him trying to make up with his wife. Not going to play you a lot of that, to be honest with you. I'm going to play you more of the beginning of the movie, the part of Lane's life. And then we'll play a couple of little things from the end. And then we'll just get to uh, the end of the movie. So. Not going to be, like I said, not going to be the longest show in the world. But uh, I will play this scene once again, showing the kind of guy Lane Frost was. Here we roll. But volume would be good, wouldn't it? Yes, it would, sir. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. All I'm saying is you could have been in the money instead of in the mud. Told you he blows out of there, tough. Hey, well, if you had any sense at all, pretty boy, you'd know he was thinking about spending and just changed his mind is all. Yeah, well, I'm glad one of you was thinking. <laughs> all right, real quick. They're walking past after that little thing, and Lane sees a kid riding a hay bale, pretending he's riding a bull. You know, he's got the thing, he's got the one glove on, the left glove, he's off, you know, he's got the right hand up. And he goes over and gives him a few tips on bull riding. So here we go. You know, I don't mean to tell a feller his business, especially about bulls, but you gotta keep bending your arm if you wanna get that one wrong. Yes. Yeah, kinda like yep. What's your name? Travis. Hey Travis, you gonna be a bull rider, huh? Yes, sir. Okay, it's very important things you gotta keep in mind, alright? First one is stay up on that rope. Yeah, very good. Now, second thing, keep your arm real high and always reach out for the front there. Towards the head, kind of? Kind of. You just, you don't want to get behind here. See, pretend there's like a wall right there, and that's the bull's territory back there. You don't want to be back there. Now, third thing. Um, hold on with my feet. That's right. You got to get a good hold with your feet. Now, bend your legs a little bit, turn your toes out, get a hold with them feet, chest up, arm out, you're going to cover them real fine. Let's see it. All right, that's good. Hey, oh, Travis, listen. 
You take care of yourself. I gotta go now, right? Thanks enough. I appreciate it. Congratulations, Kelly. Thanks. All right. Now he actually has some balls and walks up to his uh, future wife, Kelly, in this movie. Um, but again, back to that part, he's sitting there. A kid is riding a hay bale. And he walks up, <laughs> takes his time to walk up and talk to the kid, which is pretty cool, man. It, it really is. Um, these guys aren't known to be. They're known to be nice guys, but they're not known to be. I mean, they're cowboys. They're known to kind of be just kind of go on their tour, go about their business and not worry about anybody else, you know. But even this part where he's talking to his mother, uh, her mother, he's the nicest guy ever. L- l- listen to this. Next weekend, what do you say? We just grab that bite to eat there. That sounds good, doesn't it, honey? Sure. All right. He's inviting them to well, eat. And the mother is like, oh, my God, I'd marry him right now, too. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly is like, I don't know about this guy, but yeah, like <laughs> I think the mother wanted to fuck him. To be honest with you, of course. And by the end, as he's walking to the car, mm-hmm. I feel like a, that if you look the, the look Kelly gave him, mm-hmm. that was almost like that. Uh, she almost forgot about the movie. I swear to God, she forgot about the movie. She yeah, did. That's Lou fucking Perry. She said she he had. had a, his, you, you saw you saw a twinkle in her eye. She said he had a skinny butt, but then you looked in her eyes and she's like, mm, "I would do dirty things to that butt." So yeah, she yeah. Uh, she yeah. definitely had some things in mind. I think she might have forgot she was in a movie. Um, meanwhile, while I was watching the movie, my wife pulled up a picture of her. Holy shit, she aged well. She still looks the exact same. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. She looks amazing. Kelly from this movie looks absolutely the same, dude. That hasn't changed a bit. Um, we do get into a bar scene here, though, of course. Cowboys, bars, bar fights, it always happens. If you've got a movie about cowboys and you don't show a bar fight at least one time, you're not showing the right fucking movie. Um, but they do get into a big bar brawl. Uh, Tough was known for starting a brawl or two. Always. Um, and we do get to hear why he's called Tough. His real name is not Tough, by the way. It's not Tough Heaterman. Um, let me pull him back up. I'll actually get his real name in the next couple minutes here. But uh, in the meantime, what I can do is I'm going to play another scene. After they get into this bar brawl, they go back. Stephen Baldwin is drunk as a motherfucker. Or talking tough, shit. <laughs> or tough is drunk as a motherfucker. And that is a scene I do want to play for you guys because it's fucking hilarious. And once again, you're going to hear another little callback to the uh, puss line, which is why I played that in the beginning. I didn't just play it because I wanted to. I played it because it actually comes through in the fucking movie. So here we go. You didn't have a drink tonight, did you, Lane? You didn't even have a beer. I don't drink a whole lot. You can't be a cowboy and a nice guy, Lane. Just don't work like that. We got an image to uphold. Drinking, loving, fighting, cowboys. Hey, Lane. Tough thanks to John Wayne. You're damn right. We're a tradition. Last of a dying breed. Yeah, well, maybe you figure there's a reason for that dying part. Shit. These two-bit rodeos don't mean nothing. 
win a couple hundred here and there. It's all bullshit. Cheyenne, Houston, Del Rio, that's where the big money is. And that's where the real cowboys are going to be. Let me tell you something else, pretty boy. That's where you're going to get your skinny-ass kid. How's it going? Because you ain't got what it takes. You ain't goddamn good enough. You're a puss. <laughs> there it is. Dream about that. <laughs> and he passes the fuck out. Passes the fuck out. I feel like that. I feel like that was like a box man promo before passing out. <laughs> it's like you're a puss. <laughs> you just pass out. Hopefully on a soft surface. Uh, I've always made it to a soft surface or or at least a floor at the at that at, at, at the worst. So, but uh, <laughs> it could be close. That was pretty cool though. But uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're we're still in the beginning of the movie, and all they're thinking about is the next fucking place they're going to. Now, these three guys not only share a fucking room; they're all sleeping in the same goddamn bed, which is pretty fucking creepy. Uh, and the hilarious part is they fuck with him in the morning and he thinks they pissed the bed. Really what they did is dump a beer on the bed. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious, to be honest with you. Uh, but again, we go to they're at another goddamn rodeo. And uh, he did remember to meet Kelly, of course. And they do go to. This is another part I want to play again. It kind of explains again how this part here. Where they go to get a bite to eat, him and Kelly. Where? Whataburger. I actually have to get them one of these places, man. You don't need to. They're not good? It's, it's, if you die without going to a Whataburger, I wouldn't regret it if I was you. <laughs> I wouldn't. Because <laughs> it's like one of those places you hear about, you just like, you're curious. But you're saying it's not real good? It's, it's, it's not bad. Um, but, I get their breakfast. They have uh, breakfast on a bun, which is their, uh, it's on a hamburger bun. And it's like, you know, bacon, egg, and cheese, sausage, egg, and cheese, and shit like that. Gotcha. But it's on a bun. And you can get, uh, you can also get the their taquitos, which is the same thing. Breakfast taquitos, breakfast, but they'll wrap it in a tortilla. You know, bacon, egg, and cheese, and same thing. Otherwise, dude, their food sucks, in my opinion, dude. <laughs> in my opinion, their food blows. <laughs> their burgers, every time I eat them, I'm like, oh, my God, why did I do that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got Whataburgers here all over the place. I'll stop there if I'm fucking desperate and there's nowhere else around. But, uh, yeah, if... if if you go to your grave and you've never been to a Whataburger, don't be like, I've never been to a Whataburger. No, don't worry about it, dude. It's cool. It's cool. You ain't you ain't missing nothing, you know? Ain't missing shit. So, but I do want to play this scene again. This kind of brings his his character and, you know, the, the Lane Frost, how good of a guy he was, how... And I'm going to play it in order to contrast what he kind of gets into a little bit more deeper into the movie. So let's play this right here. It's a little long, but we'll play it. Time. I'll pause. I'm in college. What's a sports medicine program? I love helping people and I love rodeo. So it's a way to put them both together. I got so many plans. I don't know how I'm going to get them all done. 
implants include riding a bull? Not hardly. Don't you ever worry about getting injured? By the way, her hair in this scene could not be more 90s. <laughs> it annoys me how 90s her hair is in this scene. I have to be honest with you. She has the, you know, the the, the hairdo. It's all f- kind of straight. And then on one side, it's all flipped out. Like the <laughs> cool 90s flip that she has. It, for some reason, this scene and her hair just angers the shit out of me. Anyway, <laughs> for, forget my my rant on her appearance. She's still hot, and here we go. Nope. I'm on together a lot better than a lot of them thought I would. I say it's not if you get hurt riding bulls, it's how bad. Oh, heck, them bulls, I ain't got nothing against you. I just want to buck you off and get on with their business. People hurt you last summer. What do you mean? I saw you talking to that kid last week at the rodeo. Nobody else does that. All right. Again, this is why I played the scene with the kid. I wanted to get into this scene again. And he explains it, which sometimes when they explain scenes, I like to play them like this to let them explain why they did what they did. And uh, that's kind of why I played this. But I'm going to go ahead and... Good God, if you can see where I paused it right here, it's in the worst spot. He looks like he's stoned as fuck, Luke Perry. But anyway, (laughs) 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 that's why I played the scene. That's the complete reason why I played the scene in the beginning with him and the kid. I knew he explained it here, and I wanted to play this scene. So, method to my madness explained. There you go. Cool. Yeah. I remember when I was my kid. My dad took me to this rodeo up in Vernal, Utah, you know, and uh, it was the first time I got to sneak back behind the shoes and see all them cowboys, and I got back there. I didn't want nothing to do with me. So I said right then and there, if I ever get here, I'm going to talk to everybody, you know? I mean, them little kids that come back there, well, they need somebody to look up to. I look up to my dad. Some kids, they don't got that, so I figure if I can be that for them, well, that's just part of the job, you know? Rodeo is not just about winning and making money, but it's about it's about being your best and helping others to be their best too. You know, heck, <laughs> it's just something I dreamed about ever since I was a little kid. Now I'm living the dream. All right, so there you go. He explained it right there. And once again, if you look in her eyes, I think she's forgetting this is a movie. Tell you, man. Tell you, I, there's a certain point in the movie, <laughs> and I will get to it, where I feel like Luke Perry comes. It's like. A light switch goes off. Like, yeah, all due respect, Lance, I got to be Luke Perry. I got to be Luke fucking Perry. And you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about when we get to those scenes, but there's a, there's like a shift in his character. Mm-hmm. We realize who the fuck he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's right around that Renee Zellweger time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, that, that's not far off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, again, it just kind of shows his character in this a little bit. And I'm actually going to play a little more of this scene, but. Again, it shows that, you know, number one, the relationship with his dad is a very big plot in the movie, which we know is a little bit of bullshit, but they had to bring a little bit of drama into the movie. And I think this is where they did it. Let me turn this kind of humming. Um, I think this is where they decided to do it is with his relationship with his dad. 
uh, it's where the bullshit drama kind of came in the movie. I don't know why they had to do that because they had enough drama with his life, with his wife and the cheating and everything. I in I'm thinking, in my opinion, they didn't want to get into the cheating thing as much because they didn't want to make him seem like a complete douche. Makes sense. Yeah, I think that's why they sort of they mention it. His mom even mentioned it to him and tells him what a piece of shit he is for doing it. But they don't dig into it like a lot of movies would to show what a piece of shit he is. They don't they don't show any of that. They show one time where he where he, you know, again, there were no uh, Renee Zellweger scene. But I just think they didn't want to make him seem like he was this fucking, you know, adultery piece of shit. So and he might not be like I said, you know, circumstances, not trying to condone anything. Mm-hmm. He could have still been a, a good person. He just, you know was weak-minded you know what i mean oh yeah dude i mean yeah oh, come on good people do bad things good people make mistakes it happens dude it happens. And it, it, it's fucking early 90s renee zellweger <laughs> he we could he could be forgiven <laughs> i get it dude i get it it's all i mean i get it i do she was pretty fucking hot back in those days She's still pretty fucking hot but uh, let's play a little more of this scene again. She is looking at him right now after that whole thing with, you know, the whole looking up. She is looking at him like, oh, my God, I would blow him in this restaurant right now. <laughs> and I, she might have. Who knows? Uh, okay. Oh, volume. Oh, oh. It's fine. Yeah. Barrel racing's yeah, more than right. just riding. When I'm running Crawford, it's like I'm part of it. I gotta give him all my... Alright, playing this part again to kind of show how he feels about bull riding. And this this little thing he does kind of talks about the way he feels about bull riding. So, here we go. Trust. Bull riding and all that different, you know I mean? I got a lot of respect for him both of them. And one of them comes busting out of that gate, it's like... It's like you're tied onto a tornado, you know, and you got all that energy just jumping. You're not trying to break your spirit, you're just trying to stay with him, jump for jumping. It's like every wild or free thing in the world is right there in the palm of your hand, you know. Probably sounds pretty stupid, do you? No, no, it's not stupid. I know what you mean. Alright, there you go. Once again, I feel this is the same wrestling comparison I keep making. These guys do nothing but think about the bull, the riding, the sport, the business, just like a fucking wrestler, dude. All they talk about is wrestling. All they think about is wrestling. All these guys think about is rodeoing, rodeoing, riding, rodeoing, making it to the next fucking rodeo. It's really, this is really wrestling, dude. (laughs) Yeah, on a, the more we go through it, uh, that, that comparison is really, really. I'm really starting to understand what you meant about the wrestling comparison. I mean, obviously this is the wrestling show, but mm-hmm. God damn, <laughs> if you really stop and pay attention to certain things, it's just like repl- repl- you you replace the uh, wrestling ring with a bull, yeah. a bull riding ring. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it really is. It's. I mean, they're like I said, dude. They're they're, they're doing the traveling. They're, it's the exact same fucking thing. They're traveling, they're getting beat up, and these guys do this shit more than just, I mean, they're the same thing every fucking night they can. 
and and let's be honest, minus the death part, Luke Perry, you know who his character reminds me of? Who? Daniel Bryan. I guess a little bit. The well, you know, the, like the all shucks, the you know, the all shucks gentleman. I mean, outside of the like I said, the death part and the fact that I don't, I don't necessarily see Brian as being like a cheater type. Mm-hmm. That I feel like if we were going to compare these guys to wrestlers, that's who it would be for me. Yeah. Stephen Paul would be Ziggler, and you know, I could see that. I could definitely fucking see that all there. But uh, all right, back to the movie real quick. But yeah, again, I think this is the, this sport is more like wrestling than a lot of people have ever thought about more. And I, I didn't realize it until I started watching the movie tonight. And I'm like, holy shit, these guys live like fucking wrestlers. They're bunking in rooms together. They're saving money to travel, making the next town, it's making just... the next town. You know, it, exactly, dude. It's the same fucking life. And, and these guys are getting beat up too, man. Worse than wrestlers. Like I said, dude, you're falling off of an animal you can't control. So you can't take a flat back bump off of a fucking bull. Because you don't know how that son of a bitch is going to throw you the fuck off, you know? <laughs> how in the hell do you learn how to fall off a bull? You don't. You don't. <laughs> you just fall. You just fall and hope you live. But... Yeah. uh yeah, I mean, and, and you know, back to the movie. After all this, he meets Kelly, takes her to dinner the one fucking time. They go from California all the way to Texas. They go 500 miles out of their way in order for Luke Perry to meet up with Kelly. They do a little talking. He even mentions getting married there. And the funny thing is they really did get married right there at that house like he said they would. Um, so that kind of became a true little thing for him, but you know, it kind of goes through all that. He gets, they are married and he goes to a bull riding show. And again, these guys get hurt. He fell off a bull and the bull stepped on his balls. Not once, not once, but twice. Yeah. Fuck that. That would have been that would that would have been my last, that would have been my last rodeo, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively and literally, uh, yeah, dude. Lit- uh, this is what these guys like. I said, man, wrestlers may get hurt, but these guys get fucked up bad when a two thousand pound animal steps on you. Yeah, it's, it's weird ton. because it's like you said, like a wrestler can get hurt. Like, don't we're not trying to like trivialize. What happens in wrestling? No, Obviously, no. wrestling can get hurt, but it's like it just seems like in a blink of an eye, you fall off that ball wrong, you could you know snap a neck, uh, you could uh, injure a body part, and you you have a wild aggressive animal and that's like that's angry. Yeah, dude, and that can do some damage to you. You oh. might not make it out of that uh, little rink alive. No, you might not be, man. Yeah, these. I mean, those are extreme. You want to talk about a strong animal. Bulls. Jesus Christ. You mean it's not a working bull? No, no, no. <laughs> this isn't a, uh, nobody clued the bull in that this whole thing's supposed to be a work? <laughs> no, nah, this isn't a mechanical bull like Travolta's riding in Urban Cowboy. No, 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 no. These motherfuckers are big. They are fucking a rank, as they use that word in, uh, cow- in rodeo. 
they are mean motherfuckers. And I mean, like I said, watch Rodeo a few times. Those bulls are big as fuck, dude. Big as fuck. So anyway, he gets his ball stepped on two times. He gets taken back finally. And I'm going to play this little scene here. Oh, is my dick still there? <laughs> it's hanging by a thread. You don't want to see it. Cody, is he all right? That's what I wanted to play with this. Is, is my dick still there? It's hanging by a thread. Stephen Baldwin. He really does play the dick in this movie. No pun intended. But, but you know what? In the next scene, literally, you hear it's an act. You kind of get the real tough out of this scene. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is a little bit, well, a little long too. But you kind of hear the real tough, not the tough Heaterman that he's trying to portray out there in the in, in the cowboy rodeo realm. Here we go. You don't have to babysit me. I think I'm going to stick around, see how far them balls swell up, see if they pop. <laughs> Biggest money ride so far as year and I fall off. Me and my dad's right. I could rodeo my whole life, end up worse off when I started. You could. I seen old cowboys. Rodeo beat them up so bad they can't hardly get out to bed come the morning. I don't want that. Well, maybe you ought to just quit, man. Go home, work your daddy's ranch, live to be a hunter. Sit in your rocking chair, watch the sun go down. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Real special. Did you hear me say anything about quitting? Just before you croak? One last little thought's gonna keep going through that pretty little head of yours over and over again. I'm a puss. <laughs> I was the best goddamn bull rider in the circuit, and I chickened out. Hell, the best. Oh, you ever tell me so I ain't no good. Well, if you believe everything you hear, goddammit, you're dumber than I thought, Lane. Quit. That'd be fine with me. I wouldn't have to wake up every goddamn morning to your pretty boy face. Me and Cody get down the road a lot faster, too, if he didn't have to stand around waiting for you signing autographs for every snot-nosed little kid at every goddamn oh, rodeo. Uh, all right. I got two words to say to you. Yeah, I know. It's not suck it, Anthony. Those aren't the two words he has to say. What are the two words, Box? What are they? That ain't it. <laughs> what is it? Cowboy up. Cowboy up. Those are the two damn words. Not suck it. Yeah, those are two words in rodeo. That's kind of like saying... Man the fuck up, bitch. In Cowboy rodeo. up. That's, I like that. That's that's man the fuck up in rodeo talk. God damn, a lot of cowboy shit in, in the uh, early 90s, I swear. Like, eight seconds. Uh, cowboy way, son-in-law. It just seems like a lot of cowboy shit came out back to back to back to back. Cowboy over way. Like, over, over like a two, three year period. Yeah, cowboy way. Now, one thing I do need to mention about this right here is, again, how fucking tough these guys are. Uh, this motherfucker, balls hurting and all, gets back on the same day and rides a motherfucking bull <laughs> to the eight seconds, speaking of the movie, 
and wins the goddamn fucking rodeo. See, Box, this is where you should kick in your Vince McMahon depression. <laughs> Gotta saddle up. Gotta saddle up, pal. Cowboy up, bitch. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Ride him. Ride him. Yeah. That's yeah. what we can all agree. I think that's what this movie was missing. This movie was missing that Vince McMahon <laughs> got a cowboy up. There you go. Now, I, we haven't brought up <laughs> fucking Vince. We haven't brought up the little wave he does where he kind of, he doesn't really wave, but he kind of moves his whole wrist and kind of just wait. That was a real thing he did. That was really for his mom is what he was doing that for. Um, so that was why he waved like that, all weird and shit. But, uh, you know. Oh, you, you know what? I think because he did that as a kid, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was for his mom. He always yeah. did it. He always did it. Yeah. And he did. Like I said, he went back and won the tournament. And again, this is another part really quick where his dad goes, you know, if you had just tried harder, you would have got first. You know, you, you, you would have done this. You would have done that or whatever. But, uh we keep going a little bit in the movie. They do finally go and they get married again. They get married at the ranch that I said they did, which is actually true. They did actually. And you got Vince Gill making a little, uh, a little appearance here. Anthony, I'm sure you knew who, you know, who Vince Gill is. Yes. Really? Unfortunately, I know a little bit. I mean, yeah, I've heard a a song here, a song there. What, um, now Anthony, we did house party a few weeks back and we saw those dance scenes. How do you think this little dance scene that uh, Luke Perry and Steve Baldwin do to the country music compares? I'll be honest. I I personally preferred Paulie Shore's uh, little dance number and uh, son-in-law. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll go with that. (laughs) Although they, I mean, like they, they did, I mean, they did pretty well. Pretty well. I'm, I'm, like, I'm let watching. me ask you this box. Since we're on this, uh-huh. have you ever square danced before? Uh, only in school. They used to make <laughs> us do it in school. Seriously. Oh, they they used to make you. It wasn't optional. No, it was part of PE back when I was a kid. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. <laughs> now I had a good trick to get rid of it. I get bloody noses very easily. Ah. So I would. I would slap my nose a few times and boom, blood would come rushing out. I think it's the the largeness of it. It's sort of it's, it's the altitude of my nose. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Could be. But but they are married now, Lane and Kelly. And uh you know, they're they're it's a kind of a weird relationship. He's still all about the rodeoing. And uh she's really kind of became his everything. I mean, she took care of him. Like she says, she really did. She was going to go to school. She had said that she was a student. She stopped going to school. She stopped doing um, barrel racing and she lived for him, you know, throughout this, the, this part of the movie. Um, uh, box. Yep. You know what he, you know, you know what they say? He, he, he had a, a different roadie hoe and different <laughs> area codes. There you go. Uh, there you go. But this is where we hear um, Lane is over there doing an interview and Stephen Baldwin, tough, 
is over there talking to Kelly. And this is actually the little quick scene where we hear how he got his name because his real name is not tough. He does say it's Richard. He was not actually lying at all. His real name is Richard Neil Hedeman. So tough just became his nickname, stuck with him. And he still goes by that name today. Like I said, he's uh, he's got his own little it, tough Hedeman is the name of the association. But uh, here we go. The story on how he became tough. How'd you get the name tough? When I was four years old, I got my hand slammed in a car door. Never did cry or nothing. So they started calling me tough and I got shortened. What's your real name? Richard. He's pretty special. Always oh, just figured he'd want to be called Dick. Guess not. <laughs> Guess not. Everybody, oh. come on, everybody shortened Richard to Dick. You know how that goes. Yeah. You don't want to be called Dick. Yeah. So now the I do want to bring up the first time they're married. They they're in a hotel room. She's trying to, like, get him to wake up and do a little morning nookie nookie. And she looks over, and there's Stephen Baldwin and Cody. <laughs> there's the two guys. Uh, but anyway, they're talking about getting their own place finally. And uh, he pulls up in a, a trailer. So they are now living in a trailer. She wasn't happy about it, but again, she really lived for him. So she dealt with it. And um, that's kind of the way it went. Bottom stuff and everything. Um, now we go. We're at the rodeo for Las Vegas. This is where the finals are. And still to this day, the PBR finals are in Las Vegas. Monster Truck finals are also in Las Vegas. Um, it's just kind of the place to be is in Las Vegas. But <clears throat> his full family is there. And he's riding. He's riding. But he does ride. Uh, he gets thrown off a of Red Rock here. This is where we finally see Red Rock. Um, but this is also where he has a little interview with. Yeah. Um, and again, trying to show what kind of guy he is. And I'm going to have to take a piss break in a few minutes. Uh, so give me a minute here. But cause I got to piss like a motherfucker. But uh, again, I want to play this interview he does. And I forget who this guy is. But. I'll go ahead and play the interview. Here we go. The World's Championship, you've won 83,000 so far this year. You're in first place ahead of all 15 competitors. This first World's title is going to be easy. Well, <laughs> I don't think it's ever easy, George, to tell you the truth. I mean, when you got bull riders like, like Cody Lambert and Jim Sharp, you know, Jim's riding real good this year. So it's going to be tough, but I'm just real tickled to be here. You know, me and uh, my traveling partner, Tough, Peterman, we've been trading places all year. Sometimes he's in first, and next week I'm in first. And, well, I'll tell you what, if he wins, I'll be so happy for him, I just forget all about myself, Lewis. Lane Frost, great bull rider, terrible liar. You're not going to be happy for him. Get sure out of here. I wouldn't be. You luckier Again, just a, just a down-home, good country boy. A good person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like I said, one hell of a fucking bull rider. But uh, he did end up winning this one in Las Vegas. Again, another championship for him. He was a seven-time champion, which in bull riding is not 
easy to fucking do. But, uh, yeah, a seven-time champion. He did get hung up here. And, again, this is the scene where I say these fucking rodeo clowns, they are actually called bullfighters in a lot of places now. Um, they are absolutely amazing. They jump in, and literally these guys are getting thrown all over the place, these these uh, rodeo clowns. They're lifesavers, like I said earlier. They do save lives in the middle of that goddamn ring. Now, now, uh, Box, you mm-hmm. obviously you have more experience than myself with bulls and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Is it true with the whole red deal? Whenever they see red, they go crazy? Or is that just like for uh, TV shows and whatnot? No, it's actually true. Uh, for some reason, they're drawn to that color. It's actually a, a, a true thing. Um, it, it is true. And I do want to correct myself. I said before he rode Red Rock, he drew Red Rock right here. After he... after. And this is where he also got thrown off a of Red Rock. And this is where now Red Rock. Let me let me let me let me let me get in a Red Rock a little bit. The bull, because the movie from here kind of turns into the movie about Red Rock. Red Rock was written 309 times. No one ever rode Red Rock except one person. Lane Frost rode Red Rock. That was it. No one else. After Lane Frost died, the owner of Red Rock, uh, John, God damn, I forget his name. Anyway, John um, retired Red Rock. He did not want anyone else to overshadow the fact that Lane Frost rode Red Rock. Um, wow. Yes. Yeah. A lot of respect. He did. He retired Red Rock right after Lane Frost died. Red Rock actually died the year this movie came out in 1994. He was 18 years old. It's pretty damn good for a bull, especially a rodeo bull. But again, they're in great shape. Um, but yeah, the owner of this bull did decide that no one would take Lane Frost's place. He was the only person to ever ride this bull, and he w- he went down as the only person ever in history to ride Red Rock. So, honestly, man, that 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 was really respectful. And that was what he was doing. He was trying to be respectful of Lane Frost and retired this bull. So, in 1987, when Lane Frost died, he actually retired this bull that year, too. So, that bull remained active from 1978 to 1987 when he retired after Lane Frost died. Wow. 309 people rode that bull until Lane Frost finally was able to ride that motherfucker. So just as, and again, these bulls are these guys living. It's their gold. That bull made this guy, I guarantee, a lot of money. And again, this was a 1,750-pound fucking bruiser of a goddamn animal, dude. So, and he was only two years old when he, when, when Red Rock was two years old when he started being a fucking, on the rodeos. He was born in 1976. Two years old, and he was that fucking big, dude. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm kind of talking like he like he's a person, but for a bull at two years old to be sitting there, and again, 309 people rode him in 
nine years and only one person was able to actually stay on this son of a bitch for eight seconds. Eight seconds. Think about that. One person out of 309 rides. So that's a pretty fucking good thing. But yeah, I, I did want to tell everyone about this actual bull Red Rock. Absolute fucking beast of a goddamn bull. Strong as shit. Throwing people the fuck off. 309 people. But uh, this is the, this scene here in Las Vegas is where he did ride Red Rock. And he obviously did not stay on Red Rock, but <clears throat> still won the tournament. Um, but we keep going a little bit. He did win. He gets the uh, medal, the, be- the buckle again, buckle bunnies. And, um, you know, they're they're at the little <clears throat> banquet and everything and. Once again, they show his dad kind of being like, you know, now you got to keep it. Now, you know, that's where they show who the real men are. And he kind of, every time his dad fucks with him, he gets a little pissed at Kelly. It's kind of a thing. He It just really fucking hurts him. And, you know, we go through. He's in, they're still in Vegas. He gets pissed at her because she was talking to a guy she used to date. And we move on a little bit. He sees himself riding Red Rock, blah, blah, blah. And we move on, move on. They're going. Now, he does end up going to a few rodeos. He's at a bar. And I do want to play the scene with Renee Zellweger. Okay. I knew he was waiting for this one. And then we're going to take a break. I'm taking... So, he does end up. Now, in the scene before at the bar he's at after the rodeo, it shows her shove her number in his pants. Well, he doesn't call, but she is horny as a motherfucker for some Luke Perry. So she goes over to the room, knocks on the door, and a little cameo by Renee Zellweger slutting around. Here we go. Hi, Lane. I thought you might want to have a nightcap. We don't even have to go out. You know, I don't date much. Okay. Um. By the way, I want to say something. If a woman comes to your door with a flask, that's a red flag. <laughs> I just want to point that out to people. If a woman comes to your door, has a red, uh, like a, a flask with her and says, we don't even have to leave. That's a red flag right there. Just just know that you probably want to close the door at that point. Note to self. Okay, guys, here we go. Well, then maybe you can sign this for my nephew. He's a real fan of yours. Okay, sure. <clears throat> Woo! It's not usually so cold in Prescott this time of year. <clears throat> All right, uh, come on in, sir. Okay. All right, so he invites her in, and you know what happens from there. But I do want to hear, I want you guys to hear this poem by Cody, quote unquote, because Cody never really wrote poems. And uh, it's funny, though. And obviously, they're still in, by the way, they're still in Texas here uh, because I recognize the road they're on. I, IH835 uh, is Texas. So here we go. I do want you to hear this poem. And here we go. You don't think anything's happened to him, do you? I think one of them buckle bunnies from last night was looking to happen to him in a big way. <laughs> yeah. 
And by the way, you heard Buckle Bunny right there, Anthony. <laughs> yes. He called them Buckle Bunnies. Here we go. Now we hear Waiting on Lane. Enough grade lock of hand. Listen to this one. It's called Waiting on Lane. We've been waiting on Lane ever since we recall. We started in April and it's coming on fall. We have us a bite, we have us a chew, we get us some shut-eye, we have us a brew. Someone's taking his picture, someone's wanting a loan. He's kissing the babies or he's on the damn phone. But we'll keep on waiting, though we ain't pleased, because the world champion bull riders got the van keys. You're damn right. <laughs> I like that one. I hope he didn't get any of them crutches. All right, there we go. A quick poem by Cody there, sort of. And uh, I don't know, it was pretty funny to hear. And uh, I did play that again because it kind of called back a scene before. And I do also, or call back what we were talking about before with the with the buckle bunnies. But I do want to play this scene because it also, these guys know he cheated. And this sort of brings on sort of a downfall for Lane from here. Critters. How's your dog, Nelson? Hey, hey, it ain't like it, all right? I just, I was, I was out, and I, I, I run into uncle mine. Got some place outside of town. I got too late. He couldn't drive me back. <laughs> Wish I had me an uncle like that. Put me up whenever I come to town. Feed me. Then plant one of them big old greasy hickeys on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they caught him. Obviously, they don't give a shit. Um, you know, he just cheated on his wife. No big deal to those guys. But um, at this point, Anthony, I need to piss. Okay. Not long left in the movie. And again, I'm not going through the last 43 minutes scene by scene. Do got a couple more scenes I want to play. But um, this is kind of where his downfall starts right here. So before we get into his downfall, I must take a fucking piss. So on that note, we will be back in just a couple minutes. Pee time. Be back. Right. Yes, we are back. Sorry about that. If I didn't piss. There was going to be a mess in my seat. So I had to do what I had to do. But we were at the point. Lane had just cheated on her with Renee Zellweger, who basically they just put as, I don't even know what they put her as, like fan number one or something like that, or girl number bunny number two, something like that. But she was barely credited in this movie. <clears throat> but she did make a cameo. I don't know. I, I don't know what she had even done before this, but there she was. There she was, Renee Zellweger. But anyway, he had already cheated on his wife. Now he's back going, living with her. And you can see throughout a lot of this movie, he wants to tell her. Even the first night he's home, he wants to tell her. But he can't. And it's kind of killing him. You know, he she's ready to she's ready to jump on that dick. And he's like, I'm sore. I'm sore. This motherfucker. This little fucking fairy. Fuck this hey, guy. Hey, look. All I know is, I look at it like, this is, once again, Luke fucking Perry. The great ones soldier on and get the job done. They handle business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think they would. Guilty conscious or not, you soldier on and you handle business. Yeah. 
guilty conscience all over this guy. But uh, right after this, we get the announcement that uh, this Red Rock thing, and he's going to do kind of a three ride, um, kind of a three ride tour with Red Rock. I'll play a little bit of that real quick. What the hell? Well, I thank you both for coming here today on such short notice. But Red Rock and I and Lane have an important announcement. Lane's going to try the impossible to ride the unrideable bull Red Rock. Red Rock hasn't been ridden in 309 tries by the world's toughest bull rider, including Lane. Lane will get three chances. The first one, April 17th, right here in Seguin, Texas. If Lane succeeds, he'll write his own page in rodeo history. Now, I'm sure you folks have some questions, and Lane and I'll be glad to answer them for you. Lane, Lane, Lane. Lane. Come get something now, champ. Ah, no thanks. Bring All right, here. there you go. There's the Red Rock announcement right there. He will ride Red Rock three times uh, in Texas. And that was obviously the owner of Red Rock right there, John. Again, don't know his last name. They just referred to him as John. I even tried to find his last name, but they don't have it. Um, and again, they show, once again, Lane Frost um, building for his dad. One of the other... There's a few plots to this movie from here. From here, we get the plot where he cheated on his wife. He, we also get the plot where he's spending money on his parents' house and he's not spending money on buying a house for him. They're still living in a fucking trailer and you know he's not spending time with his wife. He's doing more for his parents than he is for her. So that's kind of another little thing to the movie right after we go through that. They're kind of trying to get your mind off the Red Rock thing, even though that's a very important part of this movie is the thing with Red Rock. And uh, they, of course, they, they're just going to a few different rodeos from here and there. But she, Kelly, meets up with the guy from a while ago she used to date, and they go out to dinner. And she ends up cheating on him. And she feels just as bad for it. And you can, again, see the guilt on her after it happens now, she's so guilty, she actually ends up telling him, like, right away, which is what he wanted to do. So basically, you've got two good people here who made a fucking mistake. And obviously, that shit happens. Um, I guess I can play a little bit of this scene here. Right? What the hell? Yeah. Right? Here we go. Lane, there's something I have to tell you. You know, Tuff wants to buy a little plane, says it'll cut down on driving around. Something happened. I didn't want it to, but it just did. Lane, are you listening? Oh, yeah, just a second. Lane, listen to me. Okay. I'm listening. I've been seeing somebody else. I, I mean, I saw somebody else. It, it was just once. It's never going to happen again. Who was it? I, I can't explain. <laughs> Typical guy. He doesn't give a fuck that she cheated. Who the fuck was it? <laughs> That's all we want to know. Exactly. Who was it? I'll kill him. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you ever notice? If you most guys, they can cheat ad nauseum eighty seven mm -hmm. times. Woman cheats one time, he's ready to kill somebody. Yep. Who is it? Tell me. T I, 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 tell me who the fuck it is. Tell me, I'm gonna kill the motherfucker. But yep. but you. you I, we ain't talking about me right now. Who was he? Yep. yep I don't care. <laughs> Forget what I did. 
<laughs> Who the fuck was it? But uh, here we go. Play a little more now. Wayne, Wayne. I know what was wrong. Who was it? <laughs> Again. Martin Hudson. How many other guys you been with, Kel? None. I'm supposed to believe that? How do I know what you're doing here when I'm out there on the road? I've been here, Lane. Every time I called you, all I got was that damn answering machine. I'm always here, Lane. Always. What did I tell you? I told you stay away from me. I know. Probably gone told all that pussy rope your friend. He wouldn't do that, Lane. Yes, he would, Kel. We promised that we'd take care of each other. We said we'd do the best we could by each other. Now, doesn't that mean anything to you? All right. Now, he said he's probably gone and told all his pussy roping friends. <laughs> For those that don't know what that is, those are calf roping guys. Have you ever seen the calf roping? Uh, No. All right. I got to be 100% honest. I love rodeo. I love bull riding. The calf roping thing to me is a little barbaric. Um, basically, what happens is they let a calf go out. There's two guys. There's one. Uh, there, there's two guys. That have ropes, you know, the, the lassos and shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they'll let the calf go. The calf runs. One guy will rope the neck. One guy ropes the feet. Then the next guy goes down and hog ties the calf. That's what it is. Oh. Again, to me, a little barbaric. I don't really like the calf roping. I'm not a big fan of it. Part of rodeo, whatever, whatever. But um, that's what the he calf, meant. The calf walks away. Of course, Safe, right? Of course, of course. Yeah, gotcha. they're, they're, they're not killing anything, but can't be fun to be thrown down, tied up, and then yeah. let go. Yeah, so, animal or not, that's yeah. That's yeah, kinda, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not you know anti calf roping, but I, it's it's a bit barbaric, and I'd rather see the saddle bronx and the uh, bull riding. That's it. I don't need to see the calf roping and barrel racing's fine. I'd rather add that. I just the, the calf roping to me is a little, a little too much. But uh, anyway, we're gonna play a little more of this because obviously we know he cheated. He's livid at her for cheating, and we all know he did the same damn thing. So, you know, we'll get into that right now. Oh, volume. So why'd you do it? I wanted you, but you weren't there. That's because I've been out there busting my ass, Kelly, trying to give you everything that you want. We live in a trailer. You remodeled your dad's place. You even built him corrals. You can't buy his love lane. You get out. Lane, I'm sorry. Get Lane, out. I'm sorry. I can trust you. Please don't let this ruin everything. Get out. Lane, I love you. All right. So he threw her out. And the comment obviously about his dad was the trigger there. Um, and we mentioned it before that his dad, you know, anything he does isn't good enough. And it's, he even mentioned it in the Whataburger scene that I played that it eats him up that he just can't do enough for his dad. He even said, I look up to my dad, you know, so Obviously, the dad thing with him in this movie is also pretty big. Um, you know, the only thing in his life he wanted to do was make his dad proud. He lived to make his dad proud. 
basically is, is is part a big part of this movie. Yes, he did, but uh, like I said, it's not a bad movie. But do you feel like they kind of like kind of like glossed over and breezed through a lot? Like the way it's really kind of like even with their relate the relationship with him and Kelly, it's kind of hard to really get emotionally invested because you really didn't see like a courtship. He met her one day, asked her out. She kind of blew him off. She agrees to go out with him the second time. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they marry. Next I, thing you know, they have problems. Yeah, like, and I, <laughs> I would have rather they focused on that rather than the bullshit relationship with his dad that wasn't real. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it just seemed like the relation. I wanted to. I wanted to see that fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen more of him and Kelly in this movie rather than him and, like I said, the bullshit relationship with his dad because. You know, we, we even said, you know, part of the flaw in this movie was his dad was actually extremely proud of him, you know, and very supportive, was a rodeo guy before this, knew exactly what his son was doing, probably living vicariously through his son at this point. Absolutely. You know, so I, I wish they didn't give us this bullshit tension between him and his dad. And did focus more on the relationship with him and Kelly. And even more of the fucking... I would have even taken more of the bull riding, man. Like I said, I, I, I love rodeo, man. It's it's really... You just gotta realize what these guys are fucking made of, man. They're fucking... They're made of fucking steel, man. So, alright. Let's keep going. Uh, from here, uh, after all that shit, he does throw her out again for doing the same goddamn thing he's doing. Um, and again, dad was the trigger. But this is his first ride on Red Rock, you know, and doesn't ride Red Rock. And you can see part of the reason they're trying to portray in this movie that he doesn't ride Red Rock is his relationship with Kelly is in such distress that it's throwing his game off. And now we get to the point where his mother is literally screaming at him, you know, for cheating on his wife. She finds out asking who are these girls calling at all hours of the night. So Lane Frost decided to use a little bit of his fame to do what most people would do. Get a little pusher. Hey. <laughs> a little bit of the poontang, if you will. So, I mean, you can't blame the fucking guy, you know? What are you going to do? But uh, he is really... Kelly was a big part of his life. Again, she did really take care of him. She gave up school for this man. She gave up the the, the barrel racing for him and really dedicated her life to him. She was traveling just to go see him. She was traveling just to watch him do, you know, take rides, you know, just to do the rodeo thing. So, yep, and that's why I wish, you know, like I said, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But if you're going to put it out there that she did make all these sacrifices, their courtship, the build up to that needs to be shown in the movie. I agree. Because right now it, it looks kind of like the same. To hear you say that, it sounds kind of foolish on her part to to do all of that for a dude that essentially is portrayed in the movie that she only do for a cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um. But his mom does convince her, convince him, excuse me, uh, Luke Perry's mom, uh, Lane's mom in this movie, does convince him to call Kelly 
And uh, what the hell? I'll play the call for you. We don't have much left anyway. Hello? You still seeing that guy? I'm going to hang up now, Lane. Kill. Lane, I can't be treated the way you treat me any longer. I don't mind taking care of things for you. The bills, clothes, having your friends stay over with us. I want to help you. But I won't give up everything and get nothing back. It's not enough for me anymore. So there you go. Obviously, you can see this guy is nothing without her. She really, really was uh, his life. Um, And again, he gets the second ride on Red Rock right here and gets hung up. Uh, This again, this is not true. They show him he did get hung up, but he did not get injured on Red Rock. Um, This is another part where they show him getting hung up bad enough to be injured, really taking the fucking breath out of him, damn near killing him. And again, though, they do show these fucking rodeo clowns jumping in there and doing their fucking job, man. I mean, just this is what they do. You know, again, I want to say those guys are under fucking mentioned, underrated, and should be really respected for what these guys fucking do. They get right in the fucking face of that goddamn bull. And they'll jump anywhere to get these rodeo guys off there. Those guys are, are again, their gold are what those guys are. A um, little scene here where Luke Perry's talking to his dad a little bit. He's actually in a wheelchair. They don't really show it, but he was in a wheelchair at this point from uh, a different ride, not from the Red Rock ride. <clears throat> Just his neck was fucked up from a ride. But a little talk with his dad here. I'll play this, and then again, we're uh, not far from the end of the movie here. Fifteen. I went through a lot of dry spells. Got a tape. Me and Medrock up the house. Thought maybe you'd ever look at it. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Lane. There ain't nothing I can tell you about bull riding. You don't know. I was uh, <clears throat> hard on you at first because uh, I knew you had it in you to be the best. And, uh, well, I guess I just hate seeing anything good go to waste. You never ride again? It won't matter to me. You proved yourself. I don't say what I feel very much, but I hope you know that. Oh, well, let's go on up the house. Look at that tape. This was a little bit more of the relationship with his dad that he really had than it showed in the movie, even though this is in the movie. But that's more the relationship. His dad was very supportive. Wasn't the part where he says he doesn't say what he feels all the time is a little bit of bullshit, too, according to what I read. But, uh, you know, I guess, like I said, they had to bring a little bit of the drama and some sort of suspense to the movie and that was it um from there he goes and visits kelly he has a conversation he does tell her at this point that he has been with other women too and basically they sort of go to the whole you know i made a mistake you made a mistake um and he is back for his last ride on red rock 
and he rides it. He rides Red Rock. Again, the only person in the world to ride that bull is Lane Frost. That's it. No one else ever rode that bull. He did retire the same year uh, after Lane dies. And again, you know, there's him and Kelly. He does end up buying them a house and land. He doesn't buy him a house, but he buys land, which he's going to build a house on. Um, And, you know, this movie is in the 80s. Don't forget that. Uh, They show him in a plane here, by the way. And they make reference that it's Cody's plane. Cody or Tuff never owned a plane. This is another bullshit scene. But what they wanted to do was get that aerial shot of the Cheyenne uh, arena there. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why they put him in a plane there. But I do want to play this little poem that uh, Cody, again, another poem by Cody that's actually bullshit, but... It's a really good little thing he says here, and I kind of like it. So I'm going to go ahead and play it. And again, we're right at the end of the fucking movie. So here we play the poem when they're on the plane. I'm going to kick it like that for good reason. I ain't got but one new one. It's all right. There's a hundred years of history and a hundred for that all gathered in the thinking going on beneath his hat. The cold flame burns within him till his skin's as cold as ice. And the dues he paid to get here are worth every sacrifice. All the miles spent sleepy driving, all the money down the drain, all the if-eyes and nearlies, all the bandages and pain. All the female tears left drying, all the fever and the fight are just a small down payment on the ride he makes tonight. It's guts and love and glory, one mortal's chance at fame. His legacy is Rodeo, and Cowboy is his name. There it is, boys. It's the dad, all right. Yeah, he's the daddy of them all. What do you say, boys? There we go. One of the arenas they mentioned was Cheyenne. If you remember uh, remember back earlier in the movie, uh, in the scene where Tuff was talking to Luke Perry Lane in the bathroom, He said, you know, Cheyenne, Houston, that's where the money is. This is Cheyenne. This is Cheyenne Frontier Days Rodeo. This is one of the oldest rodeo build uh, arenas still standing today, actually. Um, So that's where he is. And this is where he jumps on again, the bull taking care of business. And he does ride the bull to the eight seconds. He gets off the bull and the bull attacked him afterwards. It horned him and broke three ribs. One of the ribs pierced his heart and he actually died right there in the ring. Wow. Um, Yeah, man, pretty. He's one of the only guys to actually die in rodeo. Not a lot of people have died in rodeo, believe it or not, in the ring. He is one of the few to do that. Um, And obviously they show the funeral and all that stuff. I don't really want to get into all that. Um, There's a real tough scene with his dad. I guess I can play it. I probably should. It's it's a tough scene. Yeah, but but, it's uh, appropriate. It is appropriate to play in in this thing right here. Uh, a scene with his dad where his dad is just, I mean, absolutely heartbroken. And 
as many times as he said, I'm proud. He doesn't know if he said the words, I love you. And I don't know if he actually says that, but that's the gist of the scene. I told him I was proud of him. I know. That he did a good job. I, I can't remember a single time I told him I loved him. Yeah, obviously a very tough scene. Um, you know. I don't even know what to say to that, to be honest with you, dude. It's one of those things where it's hard. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, as a dad, I, I, I tell my kids all the time how much I love them. And I grew up that way. Um, some people didn't. And a lot of these Southern families didn't grow up that way. You know, it was all about being tough and, and strong and, you know, manly. So, you know, a lot of these Southern kids don't grow up like that. And obviously he didn't. And, you know, regrets. Obviously, his dad regrets not ever saying that to him. And, you know, 26 years old is so young, you know, to to, to go, especially when you're doing something where not a lot of people die doing this. These guys don't live to be old, very old either. But in comparison to wrestling. Right. There you go. <laughs> Jesus. But. But a lot of these guys do live to be way past 26 years old. Um, now we go to the point where uh, move on a little bit. We're all, Like I said, we're almost done. Tough Heaterman, six months later, comes up to Kelly. They do look to give an award to Lane. Kelly, of course, is hesitant to do this. I mean, you know, it's only six months later. Um I'll play this in a few seconds here. I'll play what Tough starts saying. Ah, fuck it. I'll play it. Finals. They want you to accept it. You do it, Tough. They'd like for you to be there, Kelly. I have to start a new life, Tough. I'm going back to school. I'm trying to make some plans. It's just too hard to be around radio right now. Back in the spring, Lane said, This is your year that I'd win the championship. I told him he was full of it. <coughs> now it's only a week away and I really think that I got a chance. I 
I never had Amber bleed that much to me. He really loved you, Dad. It's been in the papers, you see. All right. So there we go. Uh, they've got a special award for him. And... um she does end up showing up in Las Vegas once again. And this end scene here where Tough Hedeman ends up riding an extra eight seconds yeah. on the bull. This is 100% true. He did this on that bull. He really did ride 16 seconds on that bull. And um, again, I, I, I love talking these true stories because... You know, you can really get into it, but 100%, he rode eight extra seconds for Lane Frost on that bull. And it, it's just, you know, it's it, it's a little more, I'm not going to say emotional, but it in a movie like this, it holds a little more, Yeah, you know, it just, it, it's got more substantial... Uh, it, it holds more substance it does. because it was 100% true. This actually happened. Most of this movie happened. The only thing exaggerated in this movie was the you know relationship with his father a little bit. And that's it. Everything else, 100% true. But uh, after this, you know, he's kind of doing the wave that Lane did. And... Uh, yeah, man, but, but I mean, this was, in my opinion, this was Luke Perry's best movie, greatest movie, greatest role, to be honest with you, man. I really think this role fit him very well, very, very well. Um, and in 1990, he was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, Lane Frost, the youngest cowboy ever to receive that honor. Um, and Kelly to this day, still, she went back to doing, um, to this day, she still does rodeo, to be honest with you. Uh, she's still doing barrel racing, but, uh, I do want to play. Let me get back real quick. The last thing I want to play is the actual interview. Um, a little quick thing of the real tough heaterman. Um, let me get to it right now. Here we go. He, he was the, the greatest influence that, that, that I ever had. Once in a while. There you go. Greatest influence he ever had was Lane Frost. That was the real Tough Hedeman right there. Um, just, an, just, just a great, great movie in my opinion. Um, and like I said, in my opinion, Luke Perry's best movie. I really think this character fit him well. He played it well. Even his southern accent wasn't over the top. You know what I mean? It it, it wasn't Johnny Depp trying to do a fucking southern accent. You know what I mean? Luke Perry just... He gave it a little more twang. But he kind of just talked like himself. He didn't overemphasize the southern accent. 
Yeah, he really did because he really basically said it like he said it like uh, Luke Perry. He said it like a dude right. from up north. Right. Exactly. He sounded like Luke Perry, but with a little bit of a twang to him. Like I yeah. said before, it, it just didn't overdo it. I just really thought this movie, and I'm also a big fan of bull riding. Like I said, so I really wanted, I, this was the only movie I could think of to do for Luke Perry. So really wanted to do this. And it it's a good movie. It tells a great story. And again, the true stories I love doing, I love talking about things like they're true because it's easy and, and it's easier when they are, you know, it's just easier to talk about them with the true story because you can say the characters names and yeah, you're not just saying a bullshit character, but I don't know. Man, I, I know. You, I don't know if you had you ever seen this movie before before now? Uh, no, first time. Oh, all right. So, I mean, what did you think of the movie overall? Overall, like I said, it's not something that I'll say is like the best thing I've ever saw. Right. But because, like I said, for me, I don't know. Maybe it's like a it's that whole millennial Generation X thing. But it started off slow for me. I ain't gonna lie. It took me a good, the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes was a little slow for me. All right. So once it got to that, but once it got to that second half, where they started to get into like more of the uh, relationship with him and Kelly, and, and they kind of like explored him and his father a little bit better, mm-hmm. I started to get into it a little bit more, and All that's right. what kind of saved it for me. All right, I guess the ending, and you know, I then I, I I even told you on Messenger just. Remember, it's a true story that might help a little bit with. But you're right. The the beginning is a little slow. In my opinion, the the first five to ten minutes are a little slow. And then they start getting into the bull riding. Yeah. And that's where it picked up for me. Because I, again, I'm a fan of rodeo. I like the bull riding. I grew up. We used to go to a place when I grew up in North Carolina. And I was doing the horse shows. In North Carolina, when we do the shows at Dorton Arena, but there was a ring on the outside of Dorton Arena that the horses would show and the rodeos would happen. And a lot of those guys from the rodeo would sit there and bullshit with me while you know, I was a little kid at the time. I wasn't even riding yet. I was like eight or nine years old. And a lot of those rodeo guys would sit there and bullshit with me. For all I know, I could have been talking to one of these guys. I'm getting help. What kind of help? What the hell was that? Uh, <laughs> what the hell is going on? I don't know. For all I know, I could have been talking to one of these guys and not even fucking known it. But a lot of these guys were, you know, in the same circle with the horse shows because while they had the dirt on the, on the you know, out there in the arena, they went ahead and did the rodeos, too. Because the same setup they did for the rodeo, they did for the horse shows. Right. Except they took the jumps out of the ring, which would take all of fucking 20 minutes. So, you know, I was always around these, you know, kind of the horses, the bulls, the, but it was always just kind of something that I was always interested in. And this movie maybe struck a nerve with me because of that, but. You know, I was always around this kind of stuff. So maybe that's why this movie struck that nerve with me. Yeah, and I do want to make it clear that Luke Perry's performance was excellent. I just wish they had a focus more on the relationship with Kelly Moore. Mm-hmm. I wish they had to kind of like flesh some things out because 
it just seemed like they kind of glossed over and skated through a lot because the movie's not super long. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel like they could have like, you know, you, you telling me the, the relationship with the father was exaggerated for the movie. Right. Like take that out and focus more on the relationship because it's like, they wanted you to get emotionally invested in something. But as a viewer, they didn't really give you much to uh, sink your teeth into. Cause like I said, it felt like it was like a fans who relationship. Yeah. If you, if you base it, base if you base everything that you're seeing on the timeline of the movie, mm-hmm. he 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 sees this girl at a rodeo show. He asks her out. She blows the ball. He asks her out again. She says yes. Next thing you know, they get married. Next thing you know, he's cheating on her. She's cheating on him. He dies. The end. I mean, that was the relationship. It really wasn't. There was no peaks and valleys. Yeah. It, like I said, there was a few flaws. <laughs> In the movie, and I would have rathered them, like I said, concentrate on the relationship with Kelly more than the bullshit relationship with his father. Um, Because, like I said, you know, his father was actually very supportive of what he was doing. And like I said, probably living vicariously through him in his, you know, golden years at that time. And unfortunately just lost his son at an early age you know 20 20 25 years old man yeah you know just a, a, a it, it's kind of weird we're talking about a movie where you know a, a a person gets taken early and luke perry yeah really got taken you know taken from you know at 52 years old which is very early. I don't care what era you're in. 50, 52 is way too young to fucking go, man. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, the movie overall, you know, like I said, I really do like this movie. I thought it was Lou Perry's best role. I thought he played it great. And uh, true stories are always, I, I, I would think it's easier for these actors to play true stories like this, you know, because they kind of have n- not someone to go off, but someone to tell them what the person was really like. They're not playing a fictional person. You know what I mean? They, you know, be, Kelly was one of the consultants on, consultants on this movie. So she was there to at least tell him this is what he was like. This is what he would say. So it's probably a really good thing for these actors to do these true stories because they've got someone there to, you know, sit there and sit and, and tell them, what the person was really like, but I don't know, man. Love this, love this movie, and uh, I don't know, man. What do you think? We wrap the fuck up. Yeah, um, I actually had one more thing. I oh, thought it was right. kind of weird about uh, Luke Perry. I just found it actually. Mm-hmm. So he has to wait. Uh, did you hear this? He has to wait five years to get his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Really? Yeah. Why? Let me see here. Open this up here. One second here. <laughs> yeah, it's that 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 that's ridiculous. Yeah, especially consider some of the uh, <coughs> presidents we have on there right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, and I'm getting this uh, from TMZ.com, by the way. Mm-hmm. So let me see here. The outpouring of love for Luke Perry proved he's a strong candidate to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and yet it's going to take at least five years before he can be immortalized. The Hollywood Chamber of Commerce tells TMZ that they would be happy to consider Luke for a star on the Walk of Fame, but because it didn't happen before his death, let me see, but because it didn't happen before his death, the process is a bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. Typically, a celeb can be nominated by anyone, 
but the application must include a written statement from the celeb that he or she wants to start and will attend the ceremony if approved. Obviously, he will be able to attend. <laughs> in the case of a deceased, in the case of a deceased celeb, the family has to give its permission for the process to move forward. Only one deceased nominee is approved each year. Wow. Well, yeah, I could see that because they don't, you know, they usually when they do these stars, they do their handprints and a footprint and shit like that. So, yeah, I maybe they'll bump him up or something or figure out something to do. But yeah, yeah, it's a little crazy that five years later I, they'll be. Yeah, I, I assume honestly, I assumed he had one already just because of how big. 90210 was. I I just assumed he had one already. Thought so. I thought so too, but I guess not, man. I mean, fucking Jack Black has one. And this guy doesn't. <laughs> Jack, I'm sorry. Not the shit on Jack Black, but like, what has he done recently? <laughs> Nothing. He's gotten fatter and grayer. That's it. Yeah. But at least Luke Perry, at least Luke Perry had a prime time show before he passed away. Luke Perry still looked like he was uh, like he could have fucking starred in 90210 again. And I believe it or not, they were. Yeah, ex- I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see what that happened. But um, yeah, man. I guess uh, yeah. I, I'm again. I'm glad we did this movie. I'm glad we did this little uh, Luke Perry tribute on this on this show here. Um, obviously, you know, it's sad that he uh, he's passed on, but. I'm, I'm, I am glad we did this tribute. This is one movie I always did want to get to, and um, this is a horrible reason to do it, but I am glad we did get to this movie, and it did need to be reviewed and recognized, in my opinion. So, on that note, uh, you can check me and Anthony out. Not next week, the week after. We'll be doing something. We'll figure it out. Right here on Mixer.com slash podcast. You can always check out me and Shaheen Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Right here on Mixer.com, uh, Mixer.com slash podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the hell is wrong with me? And don't uh, forget to check out um, Patreon.com slash Network. You can hear me and Shaheen there. Uh, a little bit and nuclearheatgraphics.com we mentioned them at the beginning of the show we always mention them at the end of the show you guys got to go check out Shaheen get whatever you can if you don't see it on the website Shaheen will draw it for you I promise anything 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 exactly so whatever you guys want to do Anthony thanks for joining me even though you're fucking sound like you're fucking kind of dying over there I'll be alright Oh yeah, real oh. quick. Rest in peace to uh, Nathaniel Taylor. I don't know if you're familiar with that name, mm. but he was a uh, Rollo on Sanford and Son. He was uh, I want to believe I want to say he was like 80 years old. Wow. 79, 80. Well, 80 is much better than 52. I will say that, sir. But uh, yeah, rest in peace to him. Appreciate everybody listening. All the listeners that came into the chat room. I know it's late. No one's in the chat room right now. But uh, everyone that came in. Appreciate everybody. Everyone's going to download. Always appreciate you guys. Love you. See you later. Anthony, appreciate it. Later. Peace. How it goes.